0: This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC, text 84850, Steve Allen on LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. It's four minutes past four. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast, so the best place to work if you're gay is MI5. No. No surprises there. No surprises. A veritable fairyland, I should imagine. Uh, The baker's wife, who's added to her huge brood, the 19th bun is in the oven. But this is a super-duper family, because they all work, they have no credit cards, they don't claim any benefits whatsoever, and they exist very nicely, thank you, and they all look terribly well turned out. Friends is no more reunited. I joined it years ago. What a miserable experience that was. I wrote, oh, is anybody from, nobody wrote to me, nobody wrote to me, I went into deep depression. So, and then somebody sold it for about £175 then somebody else had to sell it on for £150 They lost money all over the place. And uh, Shaun the Sheep is coming back. There's a sequel. And you know, 70% of people believe they're in the wrong job. 70% of people actually think they're in the wrong job. Why would you do it if you're in the wrong job? Money? Money, I suppose. And uh, nine prisoners in the same jail to have sex change operations. Good grief. What are they drinking in there? Uh, Michael Caine, who says his wife saved him from an early grave. He was doing a bottle of vodka a day and smoking and everything else. Actually, talking of drinking, the over-50s apparently turned to booze to help stress. And as you've now heard, the drummer from Mott the Hoople has died. I do believe, actually, if memory serves me, that David Bowie featured on some early Mott the Hoople records as as backing singer i'm pretty pretty certain actually pretty certain that was dale griffin and of course he didn't get as much coverage as glenn Frey from the eagles who everybody goes ah the eagles it was a generational thing it was welcome to the hotel everybody bought the album i was around when it first came out i think i went to an album launch oh no that was fleetwood mac actually i went to fleetwood mac uh the eagles i never quite got into I never, I never sort of, you know, it's terribly, well, these people are dying and they're only in their sort of mid to late 60s. I'm getting quite panicky over the whole thing. It's very, very depressing. Uh, a sixth person has committed suicide off the, uh, the roof terrace in this bar in town. It's sort of a restaurant. People go out there. They've had six suicides in the same place. You'd have to look at people. I think they need to be tethered to seats. I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, that's, I mean, that's, you know, that's quite a lot of suicides in one place. Um, what else do we have? Oh, yes, snooze to lose diabetes. Oh, if only it was so simple. And uh, the biggest jaws seen off the coast of Adelaide. It's a great white. And how big is it? They estimate seven metres. That's about 23 feet long. That's one hell of a great white. That's one hell of a great white. Uh, plus, we take all your texts and emails between now and 6.30 this morning, 84850 UK. unless you're a complete idiot, in which case... And I've heard some complete idiots this morning. Complete idiots. I couldn't quite work out, actually, what the connection was between vegetarianism and halal Somebody was talking about I didn't didn't quite get the connection to that one at all but uh, this was all over some advert I haven't followed the story I'm not really that interested I thought it was I thought it was funny I thought the advert was funny and now you've got vegetarians up in arms. there must be really wussy vegetarians wasn't they getting all upset at why would you get upset over something like that and we we just turned into the most offended nation in the entire world you know you're fat ooh you're really thin aren't you ooh you're a vegetarian ooh. Nobody can get over themselves, can they? It's like everybody wants to be offended. Sorry, the bus didn't stop for me. Oh, the trains are too crowded. Oh, God help us, I'm telling you. It makes you wonder how some of these people actually ever get through life. And then some nice bloke comes on. Well, he seems quite nice and suddenly starts quoting the Bible about vegetarianism. And then I thought, no, wait, he's quoting the Old Testament. Daniel? Nobody reads Daniel anymore. Goodness sake, they really don't. And, you know, and it's sort of... And, you th- and then, of course, he's talking to Darren, who's an atheist. But I don't think the bloke heard him properly because he, I don't think he quite understood that Darren was saying he was an atheist. He doesn't believe in, in anything at all. I like to believe. I like to believe in something. I've got no idea what it is, but I like to believe in... If it goes well for you, you believe. If it all goes pear-shaped, then you kind of appeal to the higher authority. And I don't know of any higher authority than, than God. But uh, it, it doesn't feature that much in my life. But I like to believe in something. I wouldn't say I was an atheist. I want, I want to believe in something. Because come the day of judgment, and judging by the way we're all racing through the 60s at the moment, it's, uh, it might, might be coming up a little bit quicker than we ever imagined. Uh, and they were, you're quite right. They were talking about this um, people climbing up buildings with little pads. And you'd need quite a few pads on your hand. And, of course, there is that French bloke, isn't there? He's a real-life spe- He can climb up the outside of a building. Well, it makes me feel ill. Makes me feel ill. The very idea that you can just cling on with your fingers. I mean, I go sweaty. Thinking about it, I've seen him climbing vertical buildings, and he just puts. You think, and then you look at the drop that's underneath. You think, no, please God, please don't do it. But he's not fallen off so far, not as far as we remember, because he's only going to do it the once, isn't he? He's only going to fall off the once. I was very grateful to a number of people uh, who sent me a lovely picture of uh, of Gemma Collins trying to escape the Big Brother house. So thank you to Sean. That was then retweeted by about three hundred million people, and uh, it was a lovely picture of somebody very fat. Uh, trying to escape over a ladder. Um, David Guest is not guesting anymore in the Big Brother house. He's sort of left. Apparently, they think tonsillitis. But uh, as I say, thank God we got rid of him. Uh, then you've got Stephanie Davis, who turns out to be a nasty little piece of work. And in fact, quite a few of them are quite nasty in there. But that's the whole idea of the Big Brother house. You're supposed to watch it and you're supposed to go, oh, aren't these people vile? And, uh, and, and that's what gets the audience. Because the more vile they are... The more you watch the television, it's no point watching the television if it's somebody you like, is it? If you actually like somebody, and so you end up watching to be to be outraged by by the way somebody has become, and so that's what I like actually. I think it's uh, I think it's I think it's brilliant if it, if they get the right combination right. And uh, as we all know, Angie Bowie is mad as the barrel load of proverbial. Mad things, and uh, the others are just nasty. They've all got issues, haven't they? They've all got issues, which is not uh, which is not the most uh, amazing thing. Apparently, sharks only attack you if you're wet, says Peter. Yes, I mean, well, thankfully, I'm not out there. Thankfully, I'm not out there, or even on a because they they do attack people on boards, don't they? On their surfboards and stuff like that. You're not going to be arguing with a twenty-three foot shark. Uh, sorry, great white that can literally come out of the depths, out of nothing, powering upwards. I've seen what they do to uh, to seals. And uh, and Beverly says, uh, marvellous, isn't it? Barbara Windsor looks for age. I swear she gets younger. Shame they're killing her off in EastEnders, though, says Bev. Well, actually, she's, uh, she's approved it. She's approved it. She doesn't, have, uh, she doesn't have a problem with that. It's putting the character to bed. She could probably always come back as a ghost, I suppose. Uh, the interesting thing is that Daniela Westbrook, uh, snort-invited... Little play on words there. Snort invited, uh, and there're no plans to invite her back either. I wonder why that would be. Hmm, let's have a think. Nope, can't think of any reason why they wouldn't want her back. Uh, lots of uh, of amazing pictures. Says uh, says Jenny. Reminds me of Peggy Mitchell, and it's a it's a it's an, a huge. I forget what they call this fish, but it's got its mouth open, and what it does, it just trawls. But it's huge. I mean, it's it's bigger than. In fact, it's enormous. It's it's a bit like the whales when they just go and they, they mop up the shrimp and all the rest of it. And they just open their mouths. And it's, it's a case of the reason this picture reminds Jenny of Barbara Windsor. is get out my ocean. Get out my ocean. Which I like, actually. Which I like. Uh, another one here. Talking about the unemployed and Owen. And your view that somebody should only get paid benefits for a month. No, 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 no. You misheard. You misheard. No, what I said was... You get paid benefits for a month. If you turn down jobs, we stop your uh, your benefit immediately. It's as simple as that. I'm sick to death of people sitting there and going, I'm not working. Why? Well, I've not found a job I like yet. Well, kind of tough. Kind of tough. You get off your fat bum and you get out there. So in other words, if after a month of going for jobs you haven't found anything, we stop the benefits. It's as simple as that. You've got to get people back into the work ethic. There'll be people listening to this programme now. People listening to this programme who go, I've got no intention of working. Why should I go and work? I can get as much on benefits. And that's what we've got to get out of the culture of. We've got to get out of the culture of people just sitting there, sponging and doing nothing. They turn up on the Jeremy Kyle show with amazing regularity. We sit there and look at these people who proudly tell you they haven't got a job. And then he shouts at them and berates them, like I said yesterday. And, but it, but it's, it's all the time, isn't it? You know, people who don't have jobs now. I, don't, I think White D spent most of her life on benefits. Luckily, she's come off them now because apparently she's a personality. Yeah, the personality of a tree, I think. Certainly not anything very interesting at all. And that's a career that's going nowhere, contrary to what her agent might be telling you. Really, it's no career. She just turns up. The other day, she had to turn up. The only job she could get was turning up dressed as a fly. I thought that was terribly embarrassing. How the mighty have fallen, I think. How the mighty have fallen. And, um... And what else was there? Because it's all the people. In fact, we were even running an advert on LBC about people who appear on reality shows. You know, people who are famous for being famous. And that's what it's about nowadays. So when you sort of see them in the Big Brother house, they have no discernible talent. Unless they're an actor or a singer or a dancer, excuse me. But if there's somebody just like Gemma Collins, she doesn't have any talent at all. Just a big fat blob who looks like a, you know, a drag queen from Blackpool, where they're all fairly big, I suspect. Um, uh, David... Bowie wrote All the Young Dudes, says down. He also featured on it. I'm sure he featured on backing vocals. I'm ninety nine I'm never never wrong, as you know, and I'm ninety nine percent certain that he featured on backing vocals of uh, of Mott the Hoople. Uh apparently Angie's completely lost in Big Brother. Well, she was lost out in the real world anyway. She was uh she was she was really out on a limb, I'm afraid. You know, it's only when you see these people sitting in there and you realise that their lives are more shallow than you could ever imagine. They don't have uh, you know, proper lives. They live in some sort of fantasy world, and I can't quite work out, you know, why they are there. And then I, I didn't like, I didn't understand, you know, why Friends Reunited uh, collapsed because I thought it was really popular with ten million people that went on it when it first came out. I did join, I did join, but it didn't actually amount to anything, so I kind of left it, and I didn't, uh, I didn't bother after that. And then the person who bought it sold it, I think, for hundred and seventy-five million pounds. And then it all, it just started going belly up. And so they offloaded it, I think losing £150 million. So obviously, as with all these things, the first person who invents something gets the money. It's like pyramid selling you know luckily we don't see too much pyramid selling out there now but it was certainly around very much in the in the 80s and the 90s and that's where and we had oh, there's all sorts I remember one thing where you went and joined a club and you doubled your money effectively you know in in a matter of 20 minutes people gave you money and then it was the it was the pyramid selling but basically it was only the person who started it who made the money, the people fur- further down the chain. You remember that thing years ago? You might not remember it. And a letter would arrive in the post. They said, your name's been added to this letter. Please make 20 copies of this letter, adding your name to the bottom of the list. And within three weeks, you'll receive £20,000. Well, it never happened at all. It never happened. It was just it was the person who started off. You had to send a pound or something to the person at the top of the list. So that was the person who made the money. Uh, unfortunately, by the time it got down to you, nobody was sending any money at all because they suddenly realised that this was a this was a slight con, and so we had pyramid selling. People used to go out and pack out, you know, big concert venues, and somebody would convince you to sell washing powder or shampoo. But what you had to do is recruit other people, and the more people you recruited, the the better. Oh, it was just a nightmare. There were all these get-rich-quick schemes, weren't there? We were just we were just inundated in this country with with get rich quick, because that's what people want. People want to be rich nowadays. And I thought actually to be healthy and happy would kind of cover most of it, but it's money. It comes down to money. What do kids want to be? Rich. Why do they want to be rich? Because it makes you the envy of other people, apparently. I didn't quite get that bit. You know, when I was younger, we didn't think about uh, being rich. We didn't think about, you know, you're going to make loads and loads of money. We just thought about Are you going to get a job? And luckily, when I was starting out, there were loads of jobs around. They're still out there. I just think when we have to cut back on these uh, benefits, you know, if somebody's been sitting on benefits for six months, well, that's just ludicrous. Take them off it immediately. Get their parents to support them. That'll soon teach them the the lessons of life. Quarter past (laughs) four-ish. I love that. You know, uh, don't put words in my mouth. I like that. He was like, "Get out of my pub." That kind of stuff. Anyway, uh, trust you well. This morning, it's Tuesday. It's the nineteenth of January. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Uh, Daniela Westbrook, as I say, I don't know well, where is she now. I've got no idea where is she. Who cares? But anyway, she's not going back to EastEnders for Peggy's departure, uh, mainly because they've not asked her. They've not even thought about it. And so, why would you need her there? Just make some excuse. She's fallen down a drain or something like that. Uh, Michael Caine is in all the papers today, but the uh, it's the Penguin. Story which intrigues me. Um, They've now said that they will take people on who've not been to university. I wasn't aware that that's what their policy was. I wasn't aware that anybody ever checked your qualifications. I mean, as long as you can read and write and string two words together, I suppose that's why we have reality shows, because these are the simpletons in life. I shouldn't imagine Gemma Collins could even write her own name properly unless she gets some sort of help and guidance. Because well, she's not employed for that. She's employed because she's big and fat, and apparently she's supposed to be funny. Although she thinks she's edgy, but in fact, edgy is the last thing she is, as we've now discovered. She is just a boring lump of lard who sort of waddles around. She doesn't actually contribute anything to the house or in anything in any way, shape or form. She's never shown any spark of intelligence. In fact, in in anything she's ever... It just sits there, you know, troweled on with makeup, looking, as I say, like some bad, out-of-work drag queen, which is a bit of a shame. But Penguin have said that they're not going to be asking people for their qualifications. I've never been asked for my qualifications. Does anybody ever do that? I know that people do a CV, but as I've had a job for quite a number of years, I've never had a CV. I didn't need a CV. Nobody ever said to me, you know, have you got qualifications to be able to read? Because surely the ability that you're doing a radio programme would indicate to somebody that, yes, you are well qualified to do it because you can string two words together. You can sit there at this time of the morning and you can pour forth and you can do it for two and a half hours. That's what you're paid to do. I don't need a qualification. There's no qualification I could ever have got at school that would have educated me in the ways of doing a radio programme. In fact, we didn't even talk about radio at school. I don't think anybody ever went to school and talked about radio programmes, whereas it got a little bit later down the line. People did go to school and they did start talking in the streets about, you know, controversial radio presenters like Jeremy Beadle. And, uh, you know, they have lots of shock jocks in America. Howard Stern was supposed to be a shock jock. And they tried it over here and it didn't work at all because you suddenly realised you were going to fall foul of the law. And uh, as people complain at the drop of a hat now, you've only got to sneeze in the wrong direction or felling that slurp your coffee and some poor buffoon somewhere who's very lonely will sit there and go, I don't like the way Steve Allen sort of slurped his coffee. And you think, well, go away and listen to something else. I can't be bothered with the stupid people out there. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So I don't think qualifications make a scrap of difference. They really don't. It doesn't make any difference at all as to whether you can do the job. You come in and do it. If you fall flat on your face within the first week, well then they're not going to employ you again. That's that's the good thing about the job. It does Nobody ever, you know, when when you come in, they don't ask. In jobs now, they shouldn't, you know. Do you have qualifications? Sorry, gay or straight? You know, nobody ever asks anything like this. Not that they ever would. I can't imagine any employer; they'd be dragged before the courts very quickly. So you don't you don't ask people things like that. Mi five. It's apparently the uh, the most gay friendly place to work. I would have thought here. They seem to tolerate everything here. They don't have any prejudices about anything. They just want you to work. And to enjoy it at the same time. And if you enjoy something, then you get, you get the best out of people. The very idea that you're going to say to someone, well, because of your sexuality, we don't think you're quite suitable for this particular position. It wouldn't come into it. Nobody's ever asked. You don't put on your CV, you know, sort of 26, gay, three qualifications. You know, GCSE, CS, whatever, whatever you've sort of got. You know, I've got a master's or a degree. I know, no, end of students who are at uni at the moment, and they're doing... uh, What are you doing? I'm doing uh, media studies. What does that mean? What does that mean? I'm doing media studies. I've never actually thought it was necessary. You can train somebody to do the rudiments. You can train somebody how to drive a desk, and they're far more complicated now, the desk being the thing that transmits what I'm saying out to you. You can train somebody to do that, not me, because I'm useless. I couldn't... If I sat down... I mean, basically, you're a trained chimpanzee in this building. If you can do it, you know, just push, push the, there you go, have an orange, push, push, have a chocolate, you know, that's, it's that, and people learn it. I can't do it. There's a number of presenters here who, who can drive the desk and they can record. Whereas in fact, I'm old fashioned. I like the old fashioned recording bit where it was a tape machine. You'd have two of them lined up behind you and you put the tape on, you push record and play because it wasn't remote you had to push record and play. And, and then you edited the tape. And it was so much more simple. Now it's computers. I've shown you pictures of this studio. I've got so many screen. Even the clock is a screen. Even the clock is a screen now. It's so sophisticated. It's moved on, you know, 10 million miles into the future. I don't know how this thing works at all. I know that I've, I've got some buttons here. And I know that when we go out of remote and it's taken downstairs to the other studio and they take control of it, I can push three buttons in here, which makes this studio a standalone one. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just giving you this old claptrap now because that's, that's what it sort of sounds like. And I'm filling a two and a half hour programme. And it's got lots of faders and one says TBU1, TBU2, silence. There's actually a fader for silence. Uh, then there's studio laptop, studio PC audio and studio mic one. And then it's got various other... Li- I don't know what they do. I have no idea. Not a clue. And this is one of the smaller desks. In fact, this is what they call the little sort of pop-in desk. You ask anybody from the engineering department, they've got desks that's like, whoa, how do they work? A different. I've got no idea. There's all sorts of things built into the computers like Burley and mixing and, and, and I don't even know what they are. And then I've got a whole series of buttons on a panel. It's all very pretty and it looks lovely. When you show it to people, they go, wow, that's good. Do, do you know how to operate it? I go, no, not a clue. Not a clue. Totally useless in that department. I remember once trying to sort of think, could I do my programme and remember how to sort of drive the desk at the same time? I'm in total admiration. Nick Abbott can do it. I can't do it. I don't. Nick Ferrari doesn't do it. O'Brien doesn't do it. Um, Petri doesn't do it. I don't do it. Uh, Darren Adam can do it, but doesn't do it all the time. Does he do it all the time, Darren? Is it... Yeah, they they sort of pick. It depends what they're sort of feeling like. Do you want to do it today? No, I'll do it today. You know, that's the kind of thing. But uh, but you don't need qualifications to come and work in this business. I don't think you need qualifications anywhere. When I worked in a shop, nobody ever said to me, uh, so can we see your CV? I just happened to be 15 years old, was looking for a job, and they trained you as a salesman. Nobody trained me as a presenter. You just kind of fall into it. It sounds a bit bit lackadaisical, isn't it, really? You just sort of fall into it. Do you have the gift of communicating to people? Yes. Do you have the ability to make people listen to a programme? Obviously. You know, do you have the ability to be entertaining? Some of the time. You know, can people have a laugh listening to the programme? Yes. Well, sometimes people get a bit upset hearing something on the programme? Yes. Otherwise, it would be a bit... A bit beige. And we don't want to be beige. We want to be all different colours. We want to be all things to all people. I couldn't care less who's listening to the programme. I've met loads of you. Loads of you over the years. But it doesn't make any difference to me whether you're nine years old or 90 years old. I don't know that. If somebody sends me in a text, and then, until they actually put at the end, oh, by the way, I'm 47 or I'm 90, I don't know. I've got no idea. We, radio doesn't discriminate. It's television audiences that discriminate when you look at them. And I've seen some television audiences this week what's back on the television having having suffered the rigors of darts god blimey honestly isn't that the most tedious thing no i found something more tedious bowls bowls they pack the stands out for bowls and there they all are in their whites and oh you love oh you tell me you don't tell me you're just winding me up you can't like it's 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 mind numbingly boring it's just it's not brilliant it's a piece of grass and it's people who wear white. Why do they wear white? What difference does it make? Why can't we have multicoloured with war paint? Make it more entertaining. But I'll tell you, they were packing. Well, Unlike the darts crowd who sit there off their trolleys. And you want another lager? Hey, Kylie, get us another lager. And there's somebody up to the hockey and then you, and you throw... That's the most boring thing I've ever seen in my life. Even slalom's more entertaining than that. I mean, golf is pretty tedious, so the ball's gone up in the air. Where, where, where is the ball? Who knows? Who cares? And uh, and then you get bowls. Oh, God in heaven! It was on this morning, and they went and now over to the bowls. And there's the stands packed out with people. So obviously it's popular. I'm obviously out on a limb on this one, but I don't mind that because you know I haven't got to that age where you know because if I did sort of go down to sort of throw the ball, I'd, I'd probably, <coughs> probably have great difficulty getting getting back up again. So I don't. So I don't understand why they show that on the television. They get quite excited, the BBC. But there again, they got quite excited about uh, Dara O'Brien and somebody else's thing, about looking at the stars, which I've always been interested in. It's just a bit tedious watching it as a programme. You know, I'd rather do it. I always wanted a telescope. My next-door neighbour's got a telescope. And on, on clear nights, he goes out there uh, and looks, you know, to the heavens, which I think is quite a nice thing to do. I'd be, of course, looking at other things. I'd be focusing it on people's windows. I'd be looking into people's houses because I'm nosy. I'm nosy. I want to know what's going on. Of course, in my own life, I'm completely private. But uh, in everybody else's life, I want to know what they're doing. (laughs) Just make it more interesting for me. Uh, Is your pet depressed? Probably is after this programme. Do pets get depressed? I think they do. Uh, How does it manifest itself? We'll tell you in the course of the programme this morning. And Britain's worst road hogs are... Boy racers and, sorry to say it, guys and girls, white van men and women because there's a lot of women who drive uh, white vans now. Uh, There's also the Lotto Twit, who conned pals out of hundreds of pounds. (gasps) He is so dumb. He is so dumb. So I shall delight in telling you about him this morning. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Time now, 4.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Hello, everybody. It's interesting hearing uh, you all talking about this vegetarian thing earlier on. And I thought, you know, in in the great scheme of things... In the great scheme of things, you know, worrying about some restaurant who's now had to apologise. I didn't quite understand why they were apologising. You know, so people get a bit upset. I mean, who are they going to sue? What, well, they get going to sue a restaurant because they, because they made some slogan up? God, blimey, honestly. Far better things to worry about. And people are getting very agitated. You know, vegetarians, as I've always maintained, I don't have any problem with anybody being vegetarian. We've all been vegetarian at some point, and there is a restaurant in the papers today who only serve vegetarian and vegan stuff. You know, bully for them. That's great. That's fantastic. I couldn't care less. But why does it have to be that they're so selfish? As I pointed out on numerous occasions, vegetarian comes to you for Sunday lunch. They're not going to be eating the roast, are they? Oh, sorry, have you used oh uh, animal fats in cooking oh in the gravy? No, I can't have that. Do you have anything else for me? No, no, I haven't got anything else at all. I'm afraid. And then you go to their house and uh, for Sunday lunch, and you go, um, are you doing roast roast chicken? No, I'm vegetarian. Oh right, so I have to cook something special for you, but you're not cooking for me. So people get very irate about it. They get very sort of up in arms. You know, meat is murder and all this kind of things. You know, cruelty to animals. You know, me and animals. You know, I'm sort of big defender of animals' rights and that kind of thing. But, I mean, I could probably survive being a vegetarian. I don't eat that much meat. I eat, you know, an average amount, I suppose. But I was more upset by a programme that turned up on one of the channels yesterday. And I'm watching it this morning, and it started off with a perfectly ordinary woman. She looked perfectly ordinary to me for sort of, you know, an American. She's got glasses, hair tied back, and she lives in some hick village, stroke town, stroke township, or whatever it happened to be. And then halfway through, you suddenly realise, wait a minute, she's a member of the Ku Klux Klan. And uh, she was sewing her own outfits. And uh, the, 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 the Ku Klux Klan number, you know quite a small amount. And it was, it was all very bizarre because what they were doing, they were showing people's prejudices. And in the Ku Klux Klan, of course, their big prejudice was black people. They didn't like black people. So she would go out at night with this Neanderthal buffoon. And I'll tell you why in a moment he was the Neanderthal buffoon. Um, and they would throw 3,000 leaflets onto people's lawns, even in black areas, saying, you know, Obama's there, it's just a joke. It's to keep the blacks down and all. And so this went on. And I'm just sitting there thinking, good. God, This is unbelievable. And then it sort of cut to a march. I'll come back to the Neanderthal buffoon in a moment. But it cut to a march. You remember that church where they were praying and this uh, this bloke went in there and killed people. And so they had a, a black march and a white woman wanted to join the march with her two mixed race children. And she was thrown off it by this this buffoon of a woman who quite clearly either had drug issues or something like that. No, you're not coming on the march. But I've got, you know, I'm supporting you. I've got, you know, two mixed-race children. No, you're not allowed to go on it. So, of course, she was really upset about it. Anyway, you go back to the uh, the woman in the Ku Klux Klan who introduces you to the, the Grand Master. He looked like he was on his last legs. I'm surprised if he's still living, poor soul. Which, uh, you know, wouldn't be such a bad thing. But the Neanderthal, who's with this woman, said, you know, her and her family really helped me out. They put food, you know, and I lost my job and this and that. And he also dressed up as a Ku Klux Klan member. But then he came up with this amazing thing about the Holocaust. And he said, I mean, it was just so stupid. It was so dumb. He said, of course, he said uh, in Auschwitz, he said people got the wrong idea. So the reporter said, "What would be the wrong idea?" He said they had a library in there and a cinema and a swimming pool. So he said, what, what, "What are you deducing from this?" He said it wasn't an extermination camp; they were making things for the war effort. What? And seriously? And so the reporter said, "Where did you hear this from?" He said it's common knowledge; everybody knows. He said it was an extermination camp. Everybody knows that. This bloke turned out to be an apologist for it and said, no, it wouldn't be. They just had a swimming pool. Oh, so, so the pictures of emaciated people or dead bodies were just kind of made up, was it? You just couldn't understand the mentality of somebody like that. You couldn't, you couldn't even argue it with him because he'd been kind of brainwashed. I suppose you could then understand the radicalisation of certain people who want to believe all sorts of things. And so you looked at this bloke spouting this this, this rubbish I mean, I've never, never heard anybody so stupid. Actually, it's a lie. I have heard lots of people who are very, very stupid. And and they put it on the television. And, and I was sitting there, jaw on the floor, thinking that, you know, these people can't really exist, can they? And then I realised we had this vile family in America, didn't we, who were sort of going out there in every... Um, Every time another soldier was killed, they went out and picketed the funeral and shouted, "Good, he's going straight to hell and all that kind of stuff and so it sort of went on and and I remember thinking then these people they just they've got screws loose, haven't they they've got they should all be bundled into a giant net taken out over the ocean, and then you just open the net up and they fall into it. because these people are vile, but apparently they they wanted to burn the American flag on this program, and the police tried to intervene in the end, they took it back and said "It's a free country." And that's what the argument is. Because it's it's freedom of speech, they can literally say whatever they want. It didn't make any sense at all to me. Quite quite disturbingly worried, I was, by the end of it. So I, I quickly flipped over to find something more interesting. And didn't actually get anything at all. Apart from uh, apart from the Eagles. And they've now done a list of their uh, biggest hits. Uh, Glenn Frey has died, as you know. I think, actually, it, the the album... Fry, I was, the album that changed the Eagles... Uh, was one of these nights. That was the album that changed everything in around about 1974, 75 or something. That was the one that changed it because it was the first LP that they had which got to number one and I think it was on the the Billboard chart at number one and the singles were all over the radio. Lying Eyes was written by uh, Glenn Fry and Don Henley uh, one night when they saw a couple, so the story goes, uh, talking and imagine they were in the middle of a secret affair and so that hit number two. It seemed that the band uh, couldn't get any more popular, but then it went on to all the other things. Uh, the first two Eagles al- albums produced by Glyn Johns, but he saw them as a country rock act. Do you remember when country rock was in? And, uh, and then they had... It was just hit after hit. Take It to the Limit, I thought, was, uh, was a brilliant song. The Last Resort, I think, may have been merely the B-side to Life in the Past, in the Fast Lane, but I think Don Henley always claimed the epic is one of his best works. Don Henley, I'm sure, had a record out called Dirty Laundry. I'm pretty certain he did, because I downloaded Dirty Laundry, because I thought it was so brilliant. Uh, Take It Easy, uh, about their third most popular. Desperado was number two. What do you think the Eagles' the most popular song? It's got to be Hotel California. Hotel California. I mean, there's not many pop songs which have had their lyrics analysed quite like Hotel. Ever since it came out, nearly 40 years ago nearly 40 years ago, and it's got, uh, you know, every line. Is the Steely Knives line a dig at Steely Dan? What exactly is colitis? You know, doesn't Don Henley know that wine isn't technically a spirit? And so it goes on. People analyse it like they used to analyse the Beatles lyrics. And I I only knew about the... They weren't my favourite band at all. They really I played Hotel California and Desperado because you know I worked for a, a music station at one point, and lots of the guys there liked that, and my friend Ian would like things like that, and my friend Rich also likes that kind of stuff i was I was more the other side they were doing sort of soft rock and country rock and whatever sort of rock they wanted to call it, and I was doing the Tamil Motown and the soul stuff and uh, and was enjoying that so everybody you know each to their own you just don 't like to read about people dying. I did predict this weekend we have actually got a bet on the three three people in our um in our list of those people who we think might be getting near the end and i don't i don 't want to mention it to you because I feel a bit guilty about it. I feel quite awful because the the names we were we were doing it a short while ago, and uh, one of our uh, one of our reporters outside uh was sort of he he sort of he said, "How are you feeling, Steve?" I was a little bit hurt by that, a little bit hurt by that, but uh, i said no i 'm feeling fine. thank you very much indeed and he said I, I, I sent you a text the other day after we were reading all about all the uh all about the people who had sort of uh passed on and uh, the people who you thought might pass on, and you put my name on the list, I was slightly depressed as you can as you could well imagine, but uh no so far we're still sort of clinging on in there well, I think we're still clinging on in there i wouldn't like to guarantee it um i'm working a twelve hour shift says junior in my lab, I was flagging. But I've only got four hours left. That's the worst thing, isn't it? When you get to start, you, you start flagging. A twelve-hour shift is quite a lot, actually. Uh, David Bowie wrote, produced, played guitar, and clapped on all the young dudes. My favourite Mott the Hoople was "Roll Away the Stone." Didn't they? Do, did Mott the Hoople do all the way to Memphis, which I thought had a great guitar? Uh, sorry, a great piano riff in it. I'm only saying that because I can't remember actually. Because I used to play B-sides in the early uh, in the early days. And um, another one here quickly, and just sort of find some more here uh, on the subject of uh, shock jocks. <laughs> uh, Howard says, "I thought Nick Ferrari and Petrie were classed as shock jocks." No, <laughs> they don't have them anymore. They really don't. I mean, there, there have been a few who've appeared on various radio stations, but they don't last five minutes because people just go, "Oh, it's an act. Oh, it's an act," and you and you can't really, you can't really sort of do it. You can't, you know, it just doesn't work anymore. It might have worked in America. Uh, Dirty Laundry was a Henley solo song, Steve. Yes. See, I knew I was right. I'm never wrong on these things. Never wrong on these things. Which is good. 8 for 850. Oh, Steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, Bob is in snowbound Istanbul. Oh, right. Alicia in Catford said, Did you say Nick Abbott can work the desk? Well, I actually enjoy listening to him because he makes so many mistakes. Once, I think he actually fell off the chair when the lights went out. <laughs> he, does, his, he does have this, this problem, actually, with lights. When he was in here last time, he was in the other side of this studio, which is where the producer sits, and, uh, and the lights go off because he doesn't, he doesn't make much movement. And so he has to stand up and do an impression of a windmill for the lights. It always makes me laugh. Every time I saw him doing it, I used to think, that's so funny, so funny. Uh, 23 foot Gemma Collins seen off the Essex coast Nancy Delilo rescued said Ian, thank you Yeah, she's been kicked out hasn't she uh, only to return to obscurity and somebody said if David Guest is out of the Big Brother house do they get the money now that I couldn't tell you I do not know what the financial arrangements are for Big Brother I really don't. I can't think of any financial arrangements that would be in place. I'm assuming you you probably get uh, something. They've all threatened to walk, haven't they? I'm going to walk. I'm going to go. Well, go. Don't moan on about it like some three-year-old. Go. If you're going to leave the house, leave the house. The American walked out. See, can't remember his name. David Guest left because of tonsillitis, we're told. So that's good because I'm a bit bored with him as well. Gemma Collins threatened to leave. Angie... (coughs) <coughs> Bowie, I don't know if she's gone or whether she's still hanging around in there. And then there's a few assorted drunks and um, and the usual sort of people trying to sort of forge some sort of relationship. As opposed to sort of actually contributing something to the house, like going around cleaning. You know, doing what Alex Sibley did, which was clean and do things like that. Nobody seems to be bothered with things like that. They just sort of waddle around or sit down there by the pool. I mean, luckily it's freezing cold, so nobody wants to go outside. And I think that's always, that's always you know, quite a good thing. But they're so boring, these people. They either stay in bed... Or lie down on the bed. Small wonder they've got no energy. And they really need a bit of energy. They really need something that sort of keeps them keeps them going. Uh, Dean's come up with uh, somebody else. I hadn't thought of that one, actually. I think that one's, that one's fairly safe. I've got three people on my list of people. And uh, strangely enough, they're not musicians. They're not musicians. I mean, nobody. My, my friend Lynn sent me a text saying, oh, my God, you were right. You said they always come in threes. And they do. And so, but I think probably if this cold snap is coming in, there might even be some more people. You know, so uh, my idea is crank the heating up and you should be okay. 14 to 5. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 10 to It always is 10 to 5. Have you noticed? It's always at this time. It's obviously the way things time out. It's always coming up to 10 to 5. It doesn't matter whether it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday or Friday. But it is Tuesday. It's the 19th of uh, January. And I laugh at you every day, says Shelley. Uh, I don't find looking at David Guest or Gemma Collins pleasing to... Sorry, pleasing... What? What's the matter? What? Oh, right. Yeah, she laughs at me, not with me. Yes. (laughs) She laughs at me. I know. Of course, she's writing to me. I always say to people, you know, I'm not... um, I I, I don't write to people at all. Although tomorrow we've got um, Shane Ritchie coming in with Jesse Wallace. So that should be very good. Looking forward to that one. And then uh, and we've got uh, somebody else in on Thursday, as well it is, actually. Uh, another one here. Uh, Bowls is a game played seven days a week when most people are at work, which limits the participants generally to retired folk. Right. Well, I mean, well, all the people on the television don't look very retired to me. They really don't look very retired. In fact, they, the audience looks as though they're retired. But the, um, but the, the people actually participating look quite young, Quite young, so obviously perhaps it's turning into a young person's sport. It's just not for me. It's just not, and I I find it ultimately dull on the television to watch. I mean, you know, in the scheme of things, how many people are actually watching that program? How many people play bowls in the course of a year? And does it justify the huge cost? Because the BBC love wasting your money because that's what they do. So I bet you anything, if you actually went down to watch where they were doing it, there would be a cast of hundreds out there with all the trucks and the people. And you think, what do they do? And the answer is, they just like wasting money. You know, it's sort of showing it's the BBC. But uh, as we own it, I think uh, we need to... We could cut back, actually. You don't need to cover bowls, do you? It'd be easier if we sort of pay for you all to go down there and watch it. Because people like watching that. I don't know why. There's some... Obviously, must be some sort of huge interest in bowls. I don't get it. But there again, I don't get synchronised swimming. And I've argued before, synchronised swimming appears to be ladies with pegs on their noses. Why can't it be Blokes. Why can't it? Isn't that sexist that it's only the girls doing the synchronized swimming? Don't blokes do it? There must be sort of you know people who want to get out there and do things like that. I mean, perhaps some of the perhaps some of the teams have blokes on there, but I've not uh, I've not actually noticed that at all. Not noticed that at all. I was trying to find the weather for you for today, and then I suddenly realised there's no point in telling you because it's cold. It's cold. That's all it is. Cold, dry, widespread, sharp frost at first out there, and then a few patches of cloud across the region. The high today, I told you it's cold, two degrees. Two degrees. And uh, tonight, dry with light winds, clear skies, uh, widespread sharp frost developing overnight. Uh, it's going to be down to minus one, not the minus 10 that we were promised. So here it is for the week ahead. Enjoy. Dry and generally sunny after a frosty start with early freezing fog patches gradually clearing through the day. Highest temperature along the Hampshire coast. Uh, Which will be about six degrees. The outlook Thursday through Saturday. Thursday, frosty start, dry and bright. Friday, slight frost initially, then cloud and rain spreading east and Saturday, mainly dry with sunny spells. Uh, cold Thursday, then becoming milder through Friday. So it's not very exciting, is it really? I wish I could offer you some sort of crumb of comfort and say well, at least we were going to have some uh, some snow, but you're not going to have any snow at all. But we haven't found anybody, we haven't found anybody who plays bowls yet. Obviously, too embarrassed to tell me, I should imagine. Oh, apparently it's a gentle exercise, Steve. Wonderful fun, highly competitive, and teams uh, look smart. Yeah, but they all... Uh, they do. Kate reckons that uh, there are people playing good bowls well into their 90s and enjoying a great social life. Well, yes... I can imagine it must be, but they don't really say a lot to each other, do they? The crowd don't say a lot, and they obviously watch with great interest. There's obviously some technique to it, a bit like—I mean—they don't put croquet on the television, do they? And I'm sure that's played by far more people, far more people. Uh, Celebrity Big Brother they do get paid, apparently. David got six thousand pounds. Nobody got a bit more than six thousand, but they've not—they don't justify their money in the Big Brother house. You know, when they say, "Oh, they're going to give so and so two hundred thousand pounds," and you know—I mean, I'm not even sure—is Daniela Westbrook still in there? Or have, or have we kicked her out? I mean, have we got bored with her? Because frankly, she didn't seem to have featured at all. And you suddenly realise that there is nothing to talk about. What's she got to talk about? The day I co- took cocaine. The day I did. We're we not interested. I'm really not interested. I'm really not. Nasty Nick Bateman has uh, had his divorced, divorce finalised. And so that's gone. There's a programme you're going to love this evening on the television The Jihadis Next Door. It's uh, some bloke. who's on the front of one of the papers today. He's a hate preacher. He screams abuse about Britain. He's living on state handouts because apparently he's too sick to work. He's got chronic fatigue syndrome. It doesn't stop him going out there shouting. You see, now that I would take benefits away from immediately. You've got chronic fatigue syndrome. That's not my problem. Why should we pay you to sit at home and go out ranting? He appears to be sort of quite able to go out and shout and scream and do everything else. So he can't be that fatigued, can he? But uh, you'll see him. It's on Channel 4 at 8pm uh, this evening. You see that's i I would stop the benefits immediately if he hates the West so much. take away the benefits. go you go, fund yourself, do whatever you want to do. I couldn't care less. Cross the line though and uh and we'll we'll take issue with you uh, so David taken off the guest list uh Geordie Shaw's Scotty e. T has dumped his girlfriend on air and declared his love for Megan McKenna, who's a vile piece of work. I didn't realize just how revolting and uh Stephanie Davis and Gemma Collins were forced to hiss and make up following a bit of fallout. Steph, who's the one who might or might not have been drunk when she was kicked off, um, had received a warning from TV bosses after branding the Towie star a lion headed. Use a rude word. These people are so common. So common. Uh, Gemma. 34 called her a disgrace for kissing Jeremy McConnell when she had a boyfriend. Not for much longer, but there again, you know, poor old Stephanie Davis has got to try and make some impact because she's so blooming boring. Nobody bother with her. I mean, two boring old tarts together, ladies and gentlemen. Gemma says, you get personal. You said, I'm awful, I'm not a bully. And Steph said, I went for the jugular. And then they then they cuddled uh, Steph cuddled with Jez in the garden. It's all a bit tacky, really, isn't it? But that's what perhaps that's what they think we want to watch. I don't. I don't. Uh, TV Top Gear repeats a cruel on Chris. This is James May reckoning the BBC are being cruel to Chris Evans for running repeats of Top Gear as he's trying to relaunch a new look series. Yeah, but they they do loads of things like that, don't they? I and mean, they've got a very similar program to Top Gear with Dermot Dreary on a Saturday night. It's awful. It's seriously, you couldn't really care less about this programme. Seriously, if the contestants were naked, you wouldn't be remotely bothered. God, it's dreary. We always said that Dermot O'Dreary was exactly that. He's not the world's greatest presenter on this programme. He's boring, but they've flown him out to exotic locations. But it's just dull. Another bunch of show-offs on the television. Not remotely interested. Not remotely interested. Oh, look! Here's a picture of our favourite old caner. Old Sarah Harding, who nobody talks to anymore. Nobody likes her in... uh, in, in anywhere. You can't find people who like her. She's 34 now, laughingly called a singer. I don't think so. I don't think she's actually sung for quite some time. And so she was going out to Austria to prepare for the for the jump. Good, perhaps she'll stay there, which is good. And luckily, she had a photographer there to take a picture of her looking, Hi! But obviously looking the other way <laughs> doesn't make too much sense. But anyway, there she is, and that'll be about the last you're going to see of her. She's not going to go any further, is she? If, I think if you've done the jump, I think that's just about it. I mean, look at Joey Essex. I think he went on the jump, disappeared completely. Disappeared completely. Because what they all do, they're not clever enough to think, I've got to keep working. So they go, oh, I've, made a, I've made a lot of money, I'll just sort of rest for a while. Unfortunately, once you rest, the business closes behind you. And trying to get back in again is very, very difficult. Very, very difficult. So uh, I doubt you'll be seeing Joey Essex on anything anytime soon. There aren't any programmes that you could, um, you could actually put him on to. I don't know where you could put him. He doesn't, he's not intelligent enough to put on, on any sort of programme. I mean, we couldn't put him on QI, for example. He couldn't, he couldn't do anything like that. Simon Hackney says that I should go to Big Brother House with your witch charm and tongue lashing of the celebrities. You'd certainly win it. I don't think. I think I'd be bored witless. Seriously, I'd be going in there going, oh, God, who are you? Oh, blimey. Somebody off a reality show? How awful. I mean, I could lie and tell you I've been offered Big Brother before. I did. Uh, that is actually true. Somebody said to me, would you like to go on it? And I said, no, I wouldn't. I can't think of anything worse. I can't think of anything worse. It would be absolutely... Who would you be on there with? I mean, put it this way, if they're putting Daniela Westbrook on the television, they must have run out of people years ago. Nobody's interested in her. Absolutely nobody's interested in Daniela Westbrook and uh, Gemma Collins. You know, what's the point? You'd sort of look at them and think, so what do you do? I know what I do for a living. What do they do for a living? The answer is they've come from reality shows and Daniela's come from the gutter. You know, because we've read all about her life, she's told us about it, and so that's it. We don't don't need to know anything else about her. I don't want to know anything else about her. Apparently there are bowls clubs in every village. It's a wonderful society and really does improve the quality of life for ageing people, and especially those on their own. It gives purpose and structure to what could be a lonely time, and we play indoors in winter. Love it, says this person here called Kate. God, you're making it sound disastrous. Actually, you make it sound like a Lonely Hearts Club for aging pensioners who go I'm very lonely. Oh, I'll go and play bowls. So you know, it has to be sold differently. But definitely, the guys playing on the television and they they, they are getting younger. They're definitely not the uh, they're not perhaps the, the normal people playing it are aging. But the people they're putting on the television are certainly a lot uh, a lot younger. Uh, we found. Um, Burger me. It's the end of a New Year resolution. This is a burger for those people who've gone, oh, I can't be bothered to do a diet. I seriously don't want to do a diet. I mean, who wants to do a diet? It's, it's, you know, it's the new year. It's 2016. The idea is get out and enjoy yourself. Coming up to the news at five o'clock this morning on the programme today. Snooze to lose Diabetes. Uh, The best place to work if you're gay is MI5. I don't know what the other places were. Friends are no more reunited. They've uh, they've shut down. It's just people are going on to other things now, aren't they? They're going on to Tinder and stuff like that. Uh, Learn English or go home. The storm continues. The baker's wife adding to her huge brood. The 19th bun is in the oven. They're a lovely family. I like them a lot. I really do. The Lotto Twit, who conned pals out of hundreds of pounds... And um, the sixth person who has committed suicide off uh, a bar terrace in London. I think they might have to close it down. It's not looking uh, particularly good, is it? And uh, is your pet depressed? All of that and more next after the news.
0: This is LBC. Leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text
1: 84850. Steve Allen. On LBC, morning, everybody. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's the it's the show that will make you forget that you're an insomniac. You kind of it, it's, it becomes quite bearable actually at this time of the morning. Normally speaking, you lie, they're thinking, oh, this is just dreadful. Listen to this programme. We can have you asleep in seconds. Not. Four minutes past five, and it's the 19th of January. Uh, Penguins non-uni uh, jobs vow. They're not going to be asking for things like that. The school that excludes 20 a day for wearing tight trousers. Well, the, it must be the girls, actually. It certainly wouldn't be the boys. Uh, the lotto twit who conned his pounds out of hundreds of pounds. Uh, new top gear, James May reckons it's a bit of a gamble. And uh, nine prisoners in the same jail to have a sex change operation. Oh, and is your pet depressed? We can tell you. Well, we can sort everything out on this programme this morning. And now that we've sort of got over the uh, the ridiculousness of, you know, we're not going to be doing any more diets, are we? We're not going to be making New Year resolutions. You want to stop smoking? Stop smoking any time you want. But you've got to want to stop smoking. Want to stop drinking or cut back? I've spoken to loads of people. I'm having a dry January. Good, fine, fine. Do whatever you want. Makes no difference. I'm going to go on a diet. Fine. Go on a diet. Most people, it lasts about five minutes and they they feel as though they've made some sort of effort. Favourite Eagle songs, Lying Eyes and Desperado, says uh, Conrad. Yes, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting that when somebody dies, all of a sudden, I mean, David Bowie has got something like, is it 19 albums in the top 20 or something? All of a sudden, it's like, you know, people have discovered David Bowie. And he's been around for ages. Even I've started researching for albums that I don't have. I've got every Beatles album and film known to man. But uh, I only have a few... David Bowie ones, and everywhere you go, there's David Bowie: the greatest hits, the These Years, and this one, and Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust, and Lad Insane. and so you, so it goes on. And people start discovering that actually he was he was way ahead of his time, and that's what made these people endure. Nowadays, the little popsicles that you see propping up the charts either end uh, are people who have been manufactured for a TV program. They have a shelf life. They're certainly never going to be around in twenty years' time, are they? Twenty or thirty years' time, the Eagles. 40 years on, 40 years on, you know, with a huge back catalogue and still probably making an awful lot of money, an awful lot of money uh, out of it. And who can begrudge them that? They had to work for it. Beach Boys as well. Huge back catalogue. Elton John, huge back catalogue. Rolling Stones, huge back catalogue. Paul McCartney, huge back catalogue. Everybody's got their back catalogue. It's how they make their money. Even George Michael, to a certain extent, has got a back catalogue where, you know, if something happened to George Michael, people would start taking interest in his music. And that's, uh, that's how these groups survive. They make their money. So uh, your New Year resolution is... Don't make any New Year resolutions. There's no point. You never stick to them. And a monster anti-resolution burger has been dubbed the perfect antidote to New Year diets. A chef has created a nine-ounce triple burger stack and mountains of cheese. It's also got lashings. Sorry, my my mouth watered then. It wasn't intentional because I don't like the sound of it at all. Uh, It's got lashings of barbecue pulled pork. What in God's name is pulled pork? Four pieces of crispy bacon, lettuce and no less than three types of homemade sauce. Customers at the uh, burger bar Almost Famous demanded a return of the triple threat mega meal after it was a big hit last year. And so people, people go and buy it. Other big treats including waffle fries with popping candy and a cheeseburger served with a poached egg. Whoopie-doo. <laughs> cheeseburger served with an egg. Oh, God. Probably in Liverpool. That's a bit racy-pacy, isn't it? We're a bit naff and past that one. Cheerio cereal and a Pop-Tart. Apparently, behind closed doors, we've been focusing on exciting specials coming out on a monthly basis. Lord, honestly. Don't tell any of the top chefs. What have they done? They put an egg on a cheeseburger. No kidding. <laughs> but I've looked at this at this burger and uh, it's lovely, but I don't know how you're ever going to eat it. It's, it's too big. It's like that programme where this bloke goes round America. And uh, he just, he likes all the food. He's never had a bad meal anywhere he goes because he's eating for free and plugging their restaurants. And they do this pulled pork and then they they marinate it and you go, oh, this is delicious. And it's just a free plug. It's a bit of a naff programme. I want them to go in there and go, this is absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. You're passing this off, are you? As what? You know, they need to start doing some more experiments out there and actually having people doing honest things you know it'd be nice to see a uh, a holiday program where they were honest about it and here we are we're staying on the Isle of whatever it is and oh my god what a dump what a dump don't bother staying here this is really awful but then of course all the the companies because so they'd have to pay for it they'd have to pay for it uh megan mckenna might be causing a stir in the big brother house but her ex jordan davis is making waves outside uh, the card. I don't even know who he is. Actually, I'm so sorry. He's from X on the Beach, which is a bunch of old has-beens who don't actually have any talent for doing anything at all. And so uh, Megan and a few other bleach blonde old tarts turn up. He says here Megan is not a nice girl. She's nasty, jealous, selfish, and money-grabbing. She'll trample on anyone. She used me to get famous. Well, as we don't know who you are, Jordan, it doesn't really help, does it? But, uh, there you go. She dumped me. She only cares about herself. Scott should be careful. Listen, people know what these tarts are. They go on the television programme. They sort of pretend. You know, we've had it with Stephanie Davis. It's when they get drink. It's when they get drink that all of a sudden things start going a bit pear-shaped. And here it is, hilarious. Now, I do remember, I'm pretty certain, that some years ago, Jennifer Ellison brought out a fitness DVD I'm 90% certain I've just got a feeling in the back of my I might be wrong but in the back of my mind I've got Jennifer Ellison who was on Brookside they, they say ex-Brookside star and West End singer I don't know when that was but uh, anyway she uh, she admits that she's ended up as Jennifer Swellison after gorging on chocolate and fizzy drinks the former dance champion I mean it's she's so enormous now She says, I've really neglected myself. I'm constantly grabbing a chocolate bar or a can of fizzy drink. Hence, I'm so fat. And then she's going into Sugar Free Farm, which is an ITV program. In other words, all these people can get now. They get hugely fat and then they lose the weight very quickly, which is extremely bad for them. And then they have to find a reality show which can help them lose the weight again. And so they do yo-yo dieting. Extremely dangerous. Extremely bad for you. Yo-yo dieting. So one minute your stomach's, you know, expanded, the next minute it's been shrunk down again, then it expands, then it shrinks down again. Really dangerous. Really dangerous. And these people are going to give themselves such huge problems in the future. If she thinks she's got problems now because she's got fat, you wait till a few years down the line. We're going to be seeing all sorts of things. All these people who have done these celebrity workouts and diets and exercising. As I said, I've made a prediction Lauren Goodger will be as big as a whale by the end of this year. There's no way unless she's going to really starve herself for the whole thing. You know, she's come up with all the claptrap. You know, oh, you know, you have to do this and you have to do that. You think, you don't know what you're talking about, love. You've really got no idea. You're just somebody who's so desperate. The only thing that you can manage now is one of these celebrity DVDs and people go out and buy them. I don't know why people go and buy them. I don't quite understand it because it just doesn't... um, It just doesn't work for them. Look at Jennifer Ellison, fat as a brick house she is now. You know, Gemma Collins, oh, I've lost weight. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. You're just kidding yourself into thinking that you've lost weight. And so that's what it is now. It's it's called fooling people. And so if you really want to buy into it, she did bring out a fitness DVD, says uh, Carla. I thought she did. I've just got, a, in my mind, a picture of her. She was Again, they sort of put a picture of fat, bloated Jennifer Ellison and then thin, skinny, a bit like the um, the Lauren Goodyear and all the other ones who brought them out. There was even a Colleen Nolan one, laughingly, laughingly. And um, somebody says, do you sit looking lovingly at your row of shelves filled with vinyl and plastic discs? Come and join our bowls club, says Kate. I don't sit there looking lovingly at rows of shelves. Certainly not. Honestly, I've got a life. I've definitely got a life. Uh, my New Year resolution was to eliminate or at least significantly reduce white sugar from my diet. So far, so good. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Um, I've been drinking tea and coffee without any sugar in. I can have cereal without any sugar in. I've, in fact, I don't even possess any sugar. I know there is obviously sugar in certain foods that you eat, but I, I don't actually possess any external sugar. I just bumped into Chris. Who's going to be doing the travel for us very shortly? And as I walked past him, I opened the door to the studio, and he was just walking past. And he said, "I think I've seen a ghost." I said, "No, it's me. I've just walked out the studio door, swirled in mist and everything else." And um, and he sort of, and I'm not sure whether he has seen a ghost or what. It's, it's probably he's probably seen his reflection in a glass door somewhere. So he's, he's he's prone for these kind of things. So we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, eight four eight five oh. Steve at lbc.co.uk. My aunt plays bowls and says the average age is seventy. There's an unwritten rule that if a player bends down to pick up a bowl, there's always somebody standing next to you to help them stand up straight. Personally, Steve, I find the whole game tedious. What's the point of it? I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I've got no idea. What? What the? I mean, I suppose it's some sort of exercise, isn't it? Would it be some sort of? Would it be seen as some sort of exercise? I don't. I don't know. I really can't can't get round to it at all, actually. Sally says, I lived in South Africa for 30 years. Uh, I'm a runner, but got the bowls bug there. Played all year round due to the weather, so always hot at a bar at every club. When you get into it, it's great. Can't play over here. Far too cold outside and too dull inside. Not the same atmosphere. Oh, I can imagine playing in South Africa would be uh, vastly preferential to playing over here. And also, you couldn't play at the moment outside, could you? Because there'd be a frost on the, on the green, and so you couldn't do it. I'm sure people love it. I don't, you know, people obviously like playing tennis and badminton and real tennis and synchronised swimming and diving and just, just swimming anyway. Swimming's very good for you. But uh, the average age is 70, but not on the television. The people who are playing it are young. So perhaps there's a new influx of people who are playing bowls who they're actually trying to get, you know, you know into the sport. So it encourages other young people. That that would be a good thing, wouldn't it? I would I would have thought, actually. Uh eight four eight five O LBC dot co dot UK and uh, what else do we got? Oh somebody else talking about uh, Jennifer Ellison. Yeah she definitely brought out a fitness DVD which is uh, which is good, you know. But of course now it's not work because she's put the weight on. cathy uh, Kathy said, sad about Glenn Fry, only saw them eighteen months ago at the O2, they were brilliant, now I'll never be able to see them again. Well you will just be without them. It's like going to see the Bee Gees. You've only got one left. There's only one of them left, isn't there? and that's uh, that was a shock one after the other the whole family sort of uh, sort of disappeared that's the terrible thing that's the aging process and the older you get the more you start realizing that the people you know that you've grown up with start start going and some of them go very young very very young time check for you it's 5:15 <laughs> Nick at seven this morning. During the past year, Britain's steel industry has shared or outlined plans to cut more than 6,000 jobs. Should the taxpayer prop up the British steel industry? Mayor of London, Boris Johnson, calls for more firms to hire ex-offenders to help cut crime. Would you give a criminal a job? Conservative mayoral candidate Zach Goldsmith unveils his action plan for a greater London to Nick. And as Friends Reunited, one of the first social networking sites, closes. We speak to a couple who married 46 years after the first meeting, thanks to the website. Nick and the team at seven after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. Natalie Bennett, leader of the Green Party of England and Wales, will be looking at the papers for today. So uh, Mary Berry apparently at one time was offered strictly... And she said, no, she said, my husband and children would absolutely crucify me. So she's not doing it. Anyway, she have got two left feet. There's no point in doing it, is there? Uh, Rihanna and Leonardo DiCaprio have been caught enjoying a steamy snog. Who is she not snogged? I suppose, actually, if you're Rihanna, you better sort of pick somebody who's sort of fairly high up the chain. And Leonardo DiCaprio would be fairly high up the chain. Uh, I've also found you a doll's house. Now, before you start thinking, not a doll's house, Steve, not a doll's house. This is not any old doll's house. This is a doll's house uh, for a collector. Uh, There is a lovely one in Windsor Castle. And I think it was the kids from, from Donkeys years ago. And it's enormous. This one is nine feet tall. And it has 29 rooms. And it's got everything. It's got 10,000 finely crafted items, including furniture, mirrors, fireplaces, jewellery. There's plumbing and wiring. And the rooms include a dance hall, a library and an armoury. In fact, it is fully equipped with everything. It's absolutely beautiful. It really is, because if you're a collector of doll's house furniture and there are sites where you can buy doll's houses, not the things that you're... Children played with them when they were younger, but these are things which aren't meant to be played with. They're lovingly looked after. Everything created in miniature. This one has a has a bit of a steep price tag on it, whereas normally you could probably, for you know, two hundred and fifty pounds, start your own doll's house and start getting furniture. There's a shop in Epping that sells doll's houses. It's a charity shop, I think, and they sell the furniture that goes in there as well. But this is obviously super duper. Oh, oh, the price. Sorry, I do beg your pardon. Six million pounds. <laughs> So we're not going to be buying this one any soon, are we? I think, put it this way, Egg on Burger comes in a very close first, as opposed to a £6 million doll's house. I mean, it is lovely, and it is obviously for the person who has just about everything. And as usual with these things, it all opens up. It's got a miniature kitchen, everything made to scale, everything absolutely perfect. And I've seen a few of these before, but this, this one's quite nice, quite nice. I like the idea of plumbing and wiring. So you could actually use the toilet, I suppose, if you one was a little bit desperate. It's six million pounds, but it does stand nine feet tall. So it's actually, it's as tall as this. Ah, it sounds lovely, doesn't it? Lovely. I think it should go on YouTube, have somebody opening it up and showing us uh, what it looks like. Diana says, I think Jennifer Ellison was in MasterChef. She certainly loves her food. Oh, good grief. Good grief. Of I mean, she she absolutely adores her food. And she's an excellent cook, says Diana. And uh, and Sue in Tunbridge says, so you don't watch Big Brother. Ha ha, what a big fat fibber you are. How would I watch Big Brother? I'm in bed when it's on. I've never seen it. I see the repeats. I've never seen it. I've 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 only ever seen it oh, donkey's years ago, 15, 20 years ago or something like that, but I've I've got no idea what goes on. No idea because when it, when it's running, I'm fast asleep in bed. There you go. And uh, Patrick says, "Was there any punishment handed out to the policeman and woman, policeman and policewoman who were found sleeping on New Year's Day or has it just been swept under the carpet?" Um, I don't know, actually. They were pictured sleeping in the car, I think with the engine running, because I think they were absolutely exhausted. Absolutely exhausted. But you're always going to get that, aren't you? Goodness sake, you can't pick on the police every five minutes. I I saw an ambulance person asleep in the ambulance a short while ago. You know, you can't pick on people just for that. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, as their radio's bounce into life they'll be sort of awake and everything else at the moment the police police are getting a bit a bit of a rough deal aren't they especially over these uh, allegations from this this as yet unnamed person who we just know as nick who makes allegations about uh, people who are dead and then the police go and follow it up and then it turns out there's no basis for any of the things that he's said at all nothing has stood up there is no there's no links to anything and the uh, papers are now saying this man should be put in court he's wasted police time it's cost a fortune 9 months 9 months in uh, in one of these uh, cases I mean which is an awful lot and I think you will find that uh, even uh, Lord Bramwell's son field marshal lord bramwell uh, says that this man who made these baseless accusations should no longer be allowed to hide in the shadows uh, Nicholas Bramall suggested it was time for the spotlight to fall on Nick, the alleged victim whose unsubstantiate, unsubstantiated and uncorroborated information put the former armed forces chief through a nine-month ordeal. It's cost a fortune. And, uh, and they're now saying, uh, even David Cameron suggested Scotland Yard should consider apologising to the 92-year-old over the treatment of him, based on, you know, with no basis whatsoever. No basis whatsoever. He claimed he'd seen, you know, people like Ted Heath stopping somebody stabbing a child to death, somebody run over. He claims that he was taken abroad from a from a plane which took off from a field in Essex and was abused by a member of the Saudi royal family. I mean it's almost like the the, the delusions of a fantasist. You never heard anything like it. And so now uh you know, there was a, a grudging statement by the police that no further action would be taken as grossly inadequate. He said he said, Who is this man, Nick? Who hides in the shadows and who engenders so much belief from the police. Let the spotlight now fall on him. I suspect it might be true. I suspect the spotlight might be about to fall on him. You can't go around making these accusations against people. There was nothing to follow up at all. There was absolutely nothing. And yet it cost about £4 million. An absolute ridiculous waste of money. Totally ridiculous. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We've had a, a string of famous people, Steve, dying... In their late 60s, you probably could have afforded the best private health care whilst we have a government instilling into us with the soundbite and platitudes that we're all living longer now, no doubt for economically pragmatic reasons. I think you will find that, uh, that Glenn, Glenn Fry would be one of those people who had a number of illnesses brought on by probably a life of excess. Lots of these people in these groups have lives of excess because they, uh, they enjoy indulging. That's what they do. They indulge in the high life. The high life would be, as we explained yesterday on the programme, we feel a bit sorry for groups like One Direction. Because unless they're grounded, and uh, at least one of them appears to be grounded, the others seem to revel in the fact that they can go out drinking, they've got loads of money, they can buy their house and all the rest of it. But at the age of 23, they're kind of washed up. No good having all that money if you don't actually have a purpose in life. The purpose for Zane Malik appears to be get as drunk as you can and fall out of a nightclub. It's all very lovely and it's all very good, but he's not quite intelligent enough to actually think and look to the future to make sure that he's got something to fall back on. You know, open up a studio. Do something. Do something. Don't just sort of end up falling in and out of clubs. That's very tedious. Uh, Steve, you're my number one choice to go out for uh, dinner with. Secondly, the Hairy Bikers and third, Jimmy Nail. Said Glennis. Yes, I think I'm probably the top of quite a number of people's lists to go out for uh, for a meal with. I don't actually eat as much as I as, as you might think I do. I was um, I went out on Saturday for dinner, and um, and uh, I had bang bang chicken, which is just sort of chicken strips with uh, with some celery and things like that, with a peanut sauce on it, which I actually particularly like. It's a cold dish, but it's very nice indeed. And then I had chili beef. Well, I hardly made an impact on the chilli beef. Seriously, I thought I'd eaten loads of it. And when she came, she said, do you not like it? I said, no, I "I just feel I've eaten loads. So I felt a bit guilty about that, actually. Uh, Talking about bowls, my six-year-old daughter and I were flicking through the channels. uh, And we came across the bowls. My daughter said, Daddy, why is everybody watching so old? How we laughed, says Craig. They are. Well, the people watching are fairly old, but the people playing are fairly young, aren't they? Uh, More of your texts and emails, let's go back to uh, this one here And uh, my dad is 80, says Michael Dennis, who's the black cab poet And he's been playing bowls for over 30 years He's always played competitive sport, he was a good footballer, also played cricket Uh, I think with him it's the competition and the camaraderie He also plays darts and he does cribbage once a week Helps keep him young, nobody believes me when I tell them he's 80 He looks about 65, that's the thing, isn't it? That's the thing. If, if, if you've got something, when you get a bit older, you've got to do something that keeps you young. It's it's not always easy. Not always easy to keep young. Uh, see, Steve says, Gene, pulled pork is delicious. It's seasoned, marinated, then slow-cooked, usually in four to keep it very moist. Lots of special barbecue sauce. Cooked on low heat for at least eight hours. Good God. Melts in your mouth when served on a delicious bun, a helping of delicious coleslaw, and maybe some chips on the side. Oh. Sheen, honestly. How you can talk about things like that this time of the morning? <laughs> oh, dear. Actually, it sounds quite nice now. I might try... It's just pork, though, isn't it? Shredded pork kind of thing. Is that, is that how you would describe it? Shredded pork? Anyway, it sounds delicious. Here's the uh, the family. I'll tell you all about on the other side of the news. They don't cost us a penny piece. There's 18 of them at the moment. This is Sue Radford and her baker husband, Noel, who's 45. And they've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, nine 11... 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, there must be one missing, 17, I can only count 17, perhaps perhaps they've lost one somewhere, but she's now got the 19th, the 19th child, it's the bun in the oven, and they are not on benefits, they don't claim any benefits, they have no no credit cards, nothing on finance, they are a shining example in these days of these spongers who you see all over the place. Uh, These people are an absolute credit to the country. All the kids look lovely, very well turned out. I should imagine they're all terribly polite. And uh, and they've got themselves a nice big family. Very jealous. Love a big family. Time check for you. It's a big time check. It's 5.30. Steve Allen on LBC morning, everybody. My friend Jonathan Perry, who, together with his partner Simon, runs a, a hotel in Bournemouth, uh, went to New York recently and discovered that there is a, a restaurant there, the Comedy Bar, that serves the Steve Allen burger. I have to tell you it's not me, of course. It's a very famous uh, Steve Allen from America. They also have a Johnny Carson burger, the Jack Parr, the Ed Sullivan and the grilled cheese. But I like the idea that the Steve Allen is, uh, is at the top of the list. So I'm, I'm quite pleased by things like that. Oh, I forgot to tell you at the beginning of the programme. I didn't win £33 million. You know, I was having this sort of experience, thinking that maybe I, all I had was £38 pounds in my account for the lottery, so I was a little bit disappointed. There was no point in getting excited over £33 million, pounds, which kind of would have solved an awful lot of problems. Uh, just going back to this uh, family who don't cost us a penny piece, I don't know where they put one of the children. So if they've got... So wait a minute, they're, they're expecting child 19. One, I've got to count them again, I'm sorry. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight... 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Now I've got 19 children. And she's expecting another one. Doesn't that make it 20? But anyway, she thinks she's got the 19th in the oven. Perhaps somebody's a carer here. Anyway, um, this family uh, are very, very happy. They come from Morecambe. They spend £300 a week on groceries and pride themselves on having no credit cards or items on finance, it costs thirty thousand a year bringing up their brood, including a budget for gifts of a hundred pounds a child on birthdays and a hundred to two hundred and fifty at Christmas. Each week, they get through one hundred and twenty-six pints of milk, twenty-one loaves of bread, fourteen boxes of cereal, and twenty-eight toilet rolls. <laughs> Sue was first pregnant at fourteen, but uh, so she's uh, she did lose one child in twenty fourteen. But uh, she's certain who they'd called Alfie. So now they've got another one. So they're very happy. But he works as a baker. I think they've got their own business. And they survive. And they all look really happy. They, I mean, they really do. They look like a really, really happy family. Very, very happily. I don't know. I've counted 19 children. I've given up counting. I've discovered it's not my, uh, not my strong point first thing in the morning. Um, models, models, mo- oh, models everywhere in the paper. She's very dreary. I noticed that... Um, Ed Sheeran's knocked booze on the head, which is good. But the the other story is, and you probably noticed it yourself as you go out and about to do your business during the daytime, that when the children are back at school, some of the girls are wearing very short skirts or very, very tight trousers. I don't know how they do anything in these trousers at all, but they do do them. Sad but true. And so teachers measure the trousers. If they're too tight, they send them home. They send them home. You will come properly dressed to school. Uh, they've broken a regulation, insisting there must be a gap of five centimetres to ten centimetres when the hem is pulled from the ankle. Parents are furious, as you can well imagine. Oh, I'm outraged. Outraged. Uh, Jane Ogden was livid when daughter Ellie was sent home. The mum was seven raged. Raged, if you please. Uh, the teachers with me- are measuring trousers with rulers they're lining the children up when they go into school Jane forked out for a new pair of trousers for Ellie in order to stop her being excluded again she says what's more important trousers or an education don't be so silly it's called discipline do you not understand what small wonder this this her, this, her daughter's going to grow up but they've, they've got a picture of her she's uh, she's got one of those faces on her like defiance defiant. Yeah, so I'm wearing trousers that are too tight. What's more important, my trousers or an education? It's called having respect, actually. Perhaps you don't know that, Ellie, and your mother certainly doesn't because her mother raged over it. Uh, Staff at Barnsley Academy which has boy and girl pupils, allow girls to wear skirts, but they can't be too short. Jane complained it's just one rule for them and another for the kids. The teachers wear skirts that come just under their bums. No, they don't. Don't be so silly, honestly, Jane. Don't make yourself out to be a complete idiot. Goodness sake, teachers don't wear those sort of outfits. But also girls' um, things are far too short. Skirts are far too short. You see them on the bus wearing them in the morning. Very, very short. And you do see them with trousers. I've never actually looked... Don't like to look, do you? It's, to be honest with you, it's, it seems a little bit, uh, a little bit odd. But I did like the story in the paper today. We like to find an idiot, and we have found one here. This is um, a guy called Keith Capri. Uh, Keith Capri was duped into thinking he'd scooped. Wait for it. You know what's coming, don't you? He scooped. He'd been told he'd won three point eight million. It was a lottery win. And so what he did to try and get this money transferred to his account, he fell for a phishing email saying he'd won the Spanish prizes, which also referred to a sweepstake, sorry, a sweeptake and lot ori. So they couldn't even spell on this thing. He, I mean, you know, what, what more can we do, ladies and gentlemen? You know, you wouldn't fall for it. He sent a £100,000 of his own money. 100000 I mean, he's got to be really the dumbest one we found today. Uh, of his own cash. Then he swindled six pals, telling them he needed money to release his dad's inheritance. He cheated on his partner with a woman he duped out of £56,000. Uh, he comes from Hartley Whitney in uh, Hants, And um, he denied eight charges of fraud by false mi- misrepresentation. But he was jailed for three years. The judge said, you're a Christian man who attends church and has a school governor role. You use these... Positions to gain money. So he actually seriously thought that a phishing email which says you've won £3.8 actually existed. Which, of course, it doesn't. You know, the big question he should have asked himself was, when somebody says, you've won money in the Spanish lottery, you have to ask yourself the question, did I buy a ticket for the Spanish lottery? And if the answer comes back, no, then you've won nothing. But to actually send them a hundred... They must be laughing. They probably couldn't believe their luck. He's actually transferred a £100,000. Yep, we've got it. Take it out of the bank very quickly. Never see that again. Never see that again. And he's going to prison for three years. So, not a very good Christian person at all. I mean, all this gambling malarkey. Not good at all. Uh, EastEnders bosses have not asked uh, Daniela Westbrook to reprise her role of Sam Mitchell. The soap's decision to bring back uh, Peggy, played by Barbara Windsor. Dame Barbara. And Brother Grant, played by Ross Kemp, sparked speculation of a Sam comeback. Don't know why. Who knows we want to see her? She, could, she couldn't make it as far as, uh, was it Hollyoaks. She got as far as, or Brookside or something like, whatever it was, she didn't even get as far as that. Breach a contract. A source said there had been no discussions at all, and she's not been approached. Many thought that it would be a, a natural thing for the producers to reach out to Danielle, uh, but she's not heard a peep. Why would she? Why, why, why on earth would she hear anything? They're not remotely interested in her at all. She's currently in Celebrity Big Brother. She was twice, twice written out because of, cocaine-related problems and lateness on set. And so, because, you know, she's obviously not fit for purpose, they're not going to book her again. They're never going to book her. A spokesman said it's too early to say if any other characters from the Mitchell family will be returning. We've definitely not ruled out anyone at this stage, but um, uh, EastEnders didn't yesterday uh, totally rule out a future return for Sam's character. Oh, she'll have to really make a big effort, and I don't think she's capable of doing things like that. I don't think so. I'd be surprised, actually. Uh, Another one here. From Noreen, who says it's really awful about all these stars we're losing. Quite a few already this year. A great band, though, is being formed in heaven. Is it ever? My God, they've got everybody, haven't they? And uh, I did get the email from Starbucks to say you can ring ahead and order your coffee. We don't like the sound of that. They often struggle to make a hot cup of coffee when you're in front of them. It leaves me stone cold, me thinks, if you order in advance. Yeah, I mean, how do, I don't know how that works. I haven't investigated because I, I'm not really in favour of using these apps to say, oh, I'm coming in in five minutes and have my usual cup of coffee because the chances are you'll get in there and it won't be ready because they're never going to get it exactly right, are they? So I think I might be testing it a little bit too much, a little bit too much. And has anybody ever made, after Dolls Houses, says, says Philip, a Dolls block of flats? I think there'd be a lot more furniture. Do you not think? Do you not think there'd be a lot more furniture? Uh, June says, my husband has recently taken up short mat bowls. In 97, he spent uh, 86 days on life support as a direct result of flu and was left with health issues. Finally finding something he can participate in as an equal without me needing to be there to supervise has given him such a boost. Well, there you go, you see. So it obviously works, doesn't it? It obviously works. Which was good. Which was good, actually. Eight four eight five oh LBC dot co dot uk. And uh, another one here. Oh, somebody was complaining. I didn't read all their email out and saying, "Well, if you can't uh, can't be bothered to uh, read them out, why should I listen?" Bye bye. There you go in fact i 'll put you out of your misery. <laughs> makes it so much easier doesn 't it <laughs> we don 't need to worry about things like that. I love that idea I think that 's quite a good idea. I censor everything on my own program um, yeah did the voiceover just say the best of Steve Allen? Hello, welcome to the best of Steve Allen. This is the best of today it 's the best of Steve Allen. I promise you, uh, thank you for ryan in uh, in Q. Uh, who also pointed that one out as well. And Carla says, I want to be your number one choice for going out for dinner, as I'm always trying not to be late for work, but being addicted to the programme means that I have to get up at 4am. In part of uh, the world, says Ian, you get bowls families, youngsters being taught by granny stroke granddad, grandparents, babysits, so take them to the club from an early age. I don't think there's a problem with that, is there? I mean, people, obviously, now, now we've found a few of you. Pauline Quirk has put the weight back on, which she lost a couple of years ago. Says Malcolm, I think she lost quite a few stone. Yeah, people, it's yo-yo dieting. It's very easy. And I'll tell you how it works. Not necessarily for a celebrity, but for, for just about anybody. That you, you lose the weight and you go, oh, that's fantastic. And then gradually you start eating. So over the course of a day, you might eat some chips or something like that. And you don't think that, in fact, it's slowly, slowly going back on. Then all of a sudden, bang, you're back where you started. Again, so it's that's the way it works. That's why Jennifer Ellison and I do remember seeing the uh, seeing pictures of Pauline Quirk, and she'd lost a huge amount of weight. And so they go on the television programs and they talk about their diet and they talk about that. But of course, they 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 can't keep it up because they all want to eat. And if you want to eat, you're going to put weight on. the only The only way you can do it is to eat and exercise and eat sensibly. But people don't. I'm surrounded by people constantly wanting to go on diets and saying, I've decided to go on a diet, this is going to be the new me, this is going to be the way forward. And you think, listen, you won't keep it up, you will not keep it up, so why are you bothering? Why are you bothering? Uh, Sherry Hewson, uh, she went on to a dating site, and uh, she was horrified at some of the pictures that she actually got back from people, so she's decided to take herself off the dating site. Sites because people that's why I think friends reunited didn't work in the end. Everything, everything's moved on, you know. Why would you want to be friends with people you met at school, even though Nick Ferrari's going to be talking about this this morning? But you know, people you bumped into at school, I quite like to see some of them, but then I think all you'd be looking at, you'd have an image in your mind of what they looked like when they were at school, and then you'll see them again, and you'll go, Wow. I mean, I went out to I was out in Joe Allen's the other day, and uh, a friend of mine, Nick. Was in there, and he was. T- he didn't recognise me, and we worked together for quite a long time. So obviously, I've changed beyond belief. But you know, in your own mind and looking in the mirror, you don't see yourself as as changing. So, so that's what it is. I've noticed that uh, Phil and Holly spill the secrets of success for about the umpteenth time. They're just two people who get paid a lot for being on the television, and um, and they work together, because that's what they do. You have to have some sort of chemistry. Um, and so it works for them. It works for them. Nine prisoners in the same jail to have sex change operations. Must be something in the water, I should imagine. Quarter to six. Steve <laughs> Allen on LBC. Morning, every Toilet. Toilet. There's a toilet just gone on sale. In a trendy part of London, it's called Spitalfields. And uh, it's fairly old, and I should imagine the toilet's fairly elderly as well. But uh, this one's gone on sale because they think it could be turned into a a bar or a club. Because uh, we have still got, in fact, just at the bottom... Uh, the pot, so sorry, uh, The uh, just at the um, the triangle, as we call it, here in Leicester Square, there is a very old public toilet where you go downstairs. Well, it's now been turned into something else. But in the early days, there would have been... It's got some lovely Victorian lamps outside, huge Victorian lamps, which are amazing. And uh, the, these toilets in the, the swirling mists of London and the smog and the fog and everything else that we had. But they now get uh, huge amounts of money. This one in Spitalfields is up for a million pounds. I'm not sure whether you could actually live in it, but you could certainly turn it into a bar. There was a very famous one at Waterloo Station some years ago. it was Waterloo Station? I think it was called Cafe PF. I used to go there a lot because I used to know the owner and always sort of nip in there. And that was the, ex, that was the ex-public toilet uh, because it was huge on stations. They were enormous, these toilets, They're far bigger. And they were free. I, uh, after I'd had my lunch on sa- on Saturday in London, I walked. By. I should have I should have taken my own advice because on these tablets, which make you want to go to the toilet forever, um, and I didn't go, so I get as far as Fleet Street. And opposite the law courts, there is a, a public toilet. I think it's there for the cab rank. There's a cab rank next to it, and also the uh, the Blue badge, badge guides stop just by there because they look at the back of the church, and there's all the pitting from all the uh, the bombings during the war. And uh, you can use the toilet. It's only a gent's. I've not seen a ladies' toilet there at all. But you've got to pay 50p. And to be honest with you, 50p f- for a p for a pee when you're really desperate to go, it seems like actually very good value. The worst thing could be getting down there and discovering you don't have 50p. And so I, I did go and I did pay my 50p and it was sort of great relief to everybody. And I came out and as I'm coming out, there's a man walking down. And he got there and he went, 50 pence? He said, you're having a laugh. And he walked back up again. I thought, obviously not as desperate as I was. Definitely not. Uh, Sue says, in the past year, my sister Sylvie's been diagnosed with diabetes and had two cataracts removed. Oh, lovely. A complete set then. She dealt with it, but she lives in Northampton. She couldn't get LBC, so she bought herself a digital radio. Well, you just need to get the LBC app. That's the thing. You just need to get the LBC app. And, uh, and you go to the LBC website, free to download, and you can listen to LBC all around the, uh, all around the world. Anyway, she's, she's been slightly concerned about my, uh, my maligning, she says, of celebrities. Uh, uh, which, which particular ones and what particular things? Never been sued in my life by a celebrity. Why? When you're telling the truth. You have to explain to her. I mean, obviously, she had to cataracts removed and the diabetes. She's obviously not in the real world at all. So uh, you can only get into trouble with a celebrity if you say an untruth about them. And we've never said an untruth about a celebrity in our life. Don't need to. These people actively seek publicity. I was talking to somebody at a well-known national newspaper who was trying to get a story suppressed. And, uh, and they've said, well, they can't because they actively seek publicity talking about this kind of thing. And so as long as you're telling the truth about somebody, if you talk about Gemma Collins, she's fat. That's fat. Whichever way you look at it, that's fat. That's not maligning somebody. It's telling you the truth. She's fat, and she does look like a very bad overweight drag queen. That's what she looks like. That's what everybody said when she went in the house. So you don't tell. If you tell lies about somebody, if I'd said she was really thin, that would be a lie. So I wouldn't say that. I only tell the truth. Always tell the truth. It's the only way you can sort of get through life, isn't it? Nowadays, apparently, there's another actress who we think's played Sam Mitchell after Daniella Westbrook. Perhaps I could get her in. I don't think anybody's particularly interested in Daniela Westbrook. As I say, she's made no impact on the, the house at all. Um, another one here. There is a Museum of Childhood, says Sue Ann. Antiques every century. Flats, dolls, houses. Go look. Yes, I know the uh, Museum of Childhood very well. It's owned by the V&A now. It's owned by the V&A. It used to be private. It was the uh, Museum of Childhood. I think it was in Bethnal Green. It might still be there. I don't know. But it's owned by the V&A. They've actually taken it over. And uh, very good it is too. Very, very good it is too. Uh, another one here. This is uh, this is the the prisoner story. All in the same jail. Who are going to have sex change operations? Um, they think the the bill could be about a hundred thousand pounds. I don't know what the uh, what the appeal is about uh, a prison. This is at the Isle of Wight jail. They already dress in female clothing, including underwear, and are allowed to spend twenty five pounds a week on beauty products. They're on a program called Transgender Pathway to prepare them for their new lives as women. But presumably they are crooks. That's why they're in prison. They're not actually, not actually in there for some social benefits, are they? But um, they also have to pass these psychological tests to say, you know, that uh, you genuinely want to change sex, you're not just looking for special treatment. Because we've had it before with some people who've sort of changed it. Oh, right, no, I want to change back again now. And um, a source said it's not just for guys who fancy wandering around in a skirt, but want to stay as a man. And uh, so there's obviously a lot of criminals, aren't there, out there who are cross-dressing. They say here it's about between ten and £14,000 to have a, a sex change operation on the NHS. And convicts who've had a sex change can be later transferred to a women's prison, which is interesting. But I wonder why. All of a sudden, so there's obviously a lot of uh, a lot of crooks out there who dress as women. That's going to make it very confusing, isn't it? Good Lord. Uh, Tom and Daisy are blooming good friends. This is uh, Daisy Lowe, who we've, we've had trouble with in the past because we don't really know who she is. She just sort of crops up, but as I say, she could walk naked through Leicester Square and I wouldn't have the faintest idea. But she's making life a bit more rosy for Thomas Cohen. Um, that's Peaches Geldof's widower. He was left heartbroken, but apparently um, he's got to bring up the two kids and all the rest of it. And they are actually getting quite close now. Whether or not they're getting that close, I think, remains to be seen. But that's what they're speculating in the uh, in the papers. They're almost saying... You know they are getting a little bit closer than we uh, imagine, so if you've got a depressed pet, and I know that people people spend a small fortune. we had a, a woman the other day she's former glamour model it's nice, and she spent six thousand pounds a year dressing her dog up and her dog had its toenails painted or its nails painted, and it had sort of the diamante collar and little outfits and all that kind of stuff and Of course, I can't bear anything like that. I can't bear people who dress dogs up, but uh, that's why I think um You know, animals can get depressed. We know for a fact that African grey parrots will peck themselves bald when they're depressed. They need some sort of stimulation, aren't I mean, I always look at poor birds in cages, and I don't care whether they're budgerigars or anything else, and you look at, at, you know, how little room they've got. It's not like an aviary, and even they're not quite big enough, are they? And you look at these things, you think, but they're, they're used to flying outside. Not the budgies bred in captivity, but what do they do? They just sit on a perch. They just hop from there to there. I know we sort of look at it and people say, oh, you know, we, we talk about cruelty to animals. And yet I'm sure that budgies and parrots and parakeets and everything else, they, they they should get equal rights. But we just seem to think it's dogs and cats, don't we? And horses. Horses more and more now. Horses more and more. Uh, Sherry Hewson. Um, she was shocked when a picture of her popped up in her dating site inbox. She quit the site, site in disgust, but in her inimitable way, she now manages to play it for laughs. She's 65. She's looking for... Somebody, she didn't actually know what it was when she saw this picture of that pop up. She said, I haven't seen one for many years. I don't think they've changed actually in, in any way, shape, or form, Cherie. She says, but uh, I now can't get it out of my head. So she went on this, this dating website and uh, she said, The only way to meet somebody is on a website. You can't go to a club or a discotheque, as they used to call it in my day. Well, they do have clubs, you know, they do have uh, dating where you can go and meet people in a bar. Or they, or they do speed dating. But the trouble is, you see, if you're famous, it's a bit more difficult, isn't it? You can't just sort of go out and, uh, and go, oh, I'm because people are going to go, oh, it's Sherry Houston. And somebody might take advantage of her, go out with her and then sell a story. And that would be an even bigger disaster. She says, I don't know if I'd date a, a younger man. She has had several uh, bad relationships. She was married to a DJ, Ken Boyd, lasted 20 years, but ended her in, in tears, leaving her bankrupt and in ill health. But... Um, she, she's hoping that she's going to get somebody, but I think it's not that easy. For those people who are desperate to find a relationship. I've got friends of mine who go on Tinder and and which is sort of where you sort of somebody has to accept you, I think. You sort of send I don't know how it works, they were trying to explain it to me. And I said, Do you put rude pictures on there? They said, No, 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 you don't do that. You just put a picture of yourself. So a friend of mine put a picture of himself, but with three other friends, who turned out to be better looking than he was which is a bit difficult. You can't do that. If you're going to put a picture up, put one of yourself. Don't put it because they're going to go, yeah, well, no, I mean, only put it up with ugly people. People who, are, I mean, go out and find them if necessary on the streets of Shoreditch or Spitalfields or anywhere, Glasgow, Edinburgh, other places apply as well. Just find ugly people, have a picture taken with them, then you stand out as being the attractive one because otherwise people can be looking at the picture going, I want to go out with the one in the middle. Don't go out with the one at the end. And I said, you need to change the picture. That's not a good start. You know, depending on how serious you are to actually find somebody or failing that proper bar up, you tend to find after about three or four drinks, people look terribly attractive. Sometimes five drinks, they look absolutely stunning. You can't believe you actually pulled somebody. But now nobody spends all night. The latest story in the paper today is that the, the staying all night thing. So I'll make you breakfast has gone out the window. Now people just want a bit of a bit of action in the bedroom. Lord above, I can't believe I've said that. I can't believe they've even talked about action in the bedroom. Because no, nobody wants to commit themselves, do they? They just want that and that's it. They had a girl on one of these date programmes and she said men only want me for that so she's been out with a load of the wrong people heading to the news at six o'clock this morning the uh, the school excluding 20 in a day for wearing their tight trousers the sixth person to commit suicide off the top of the same restaurant in london they're going to have to close this down at the top it's too dangerous i think it really is uh 70 of people think they're in the wrong job So in other words, they're in the wrong job, which means they're miserable, which means they're not giving 100%, which means they're not actually much use to anybody at all. The over-50s have turned to booze to help stress and loneliness. Michael Caine says his wife saved him from an early grave be lovely, actually, being Michael Caine. Very successful. He was drinking a bottle of vodka a day and doing loads of cigarettes, but the wife saved him. So that's a showbiz marriage that's worked. And Sick David, taken off the guest list. Oh, in a little terraced house. It's got a big, big secret LBC.
0: This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC, text 84850... Steve Allen on LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. It's coming up five past six. It's Tuesday the 19th of January. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. So the best place to work if you're gay is MI5. No surprise there, ladies and gentlemen. I think the whole idea being years ago it was all these beautiful Russian women who would seduce our spies. Now, of course, the guys are going, we're not really interested at all. It's very sweet of you, but don't don't bother. Penguin, non-university jobs vow. They're not going to insist on that now. I've often said I've never been asked... In all the years, what are your qualifications from school? It doesn't make any difference. Can you do the job? Yes. Do you do, you do it well? Yes. Do you enjoy doing it? Yes. Do you enjoy pushing the boundaries? Yes, you got the job. Simple as that. Uh, snooze to lose diabetes and staying till the morning is now so last year. Britain's worst road hogs, the boy racers and white van men. And I included women in that. They didn't say women in the paper. I've added them, thinking it might be terribly sexist. if We didn't say that there are women who drive white vans. Traditionally, it's the male domain, isn't it? The white van men. (coughs) Excuse me. I'm constantly seeing people who pull out, pull out in front of it. Oh, dreadful. Dreadful. And, of course, the other thing is is if you've actually got somebody who's got a name of a company on the side of them, then that's okay. I did see the name of a company the other day, Parking in a Disabled Space. They weren't disabled. It was a Costco. They just decided to park there, being a bit lazy. Uh, The biggest jaws seen off the coast of Adelaide... In Australia, so when we say jaws, we're talking sharks. This is a great white. They reckon it's about seven metres long. That's about 23 feet. Yeah, I couldn't work out what 23 feet looked like. I don't know if this studio is 20... No, this studio can't be 23 feet, can it? Must be, uh, must be a lot less. Um, and is your pet depressed? And they, they've got things to do to sort of to make your pet... You don't want them to sleep all day. Now, we know cats enjoy sleeping. They do what they want to do. If you leave a radio on, that keeps the cat or dog from getting lonely. So you could, you could, and if you send in your dog or cat names, I can repeat them. I could weave them into conversations for you, just so they. Uh, that's what Gloria Hunniford used to do. She had two dogs, one called Honey and one called Ford. So when she did her radio program, she could, she would say Honey Ford, and the dogs would think, Oh, she's talking to us. It's good, isn't it? Clever stuff. I never thought about that. Uh, sit on the floor at night when you watch television, rather than in a chair. Getting down to your pet's level could make them feel like they have a friend. Aww. See, little things that you've not thought about. Uh, As well as good sleep, ensuring your pet gets adequate awake time to feel mentally healthy. Play music for your dog. Some people apparently say it has no effect, but a lot of people say a bit of Snoop Dogg uh, or Who Let the Dogs Out, you know, would be fairly popular. Animals like that. Elton John was saying that his uh, his boys uh, love rap music. They're into sort of the naughty rap stuff. Very naughty. Uh, Buy your dog an ale. Have you heard of this? Snuffle Dog beer is just launched in pet stores and some pubs, made by a Belgian brewery, packed with flavourings, vitamin B, oils and minerals, but no alcohol, so you don't need to worry about the dog sitting there going... (gasps) Ooh, I've had a bit of a sherbet. It's not going to be like that at all. And uh, if your dog isn't bouncing back and he or she is losing weight or seems unresponsive, make an appointment to see the vet who may run some blood tests to ensure there's not an underlying medical condition. And uh, Because they can also get uh, antidepressants as well. And you get diabetic dogs and cats. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I had no idea. Uh, it's, uh, it's barely a, a day goes by or a week goes by on this programme where we don't find another benefit sheet. We've never found, as far as I remember, a doctor. But we found a doctor here and this is Sandra Turnbull, who was passed fit for combat training as a volunteer territorial army medic while receiving disability living allowance. Yes, she was claiming it. She claimed that she could barely walk. This is a doctor. You thought have you got that far in your career? But anyway, uh, she comes from Newcastle. Uh, She was photographed being hauled onto a Sea King chopper. She started a six mile march with a rifle and a 15k rucksack. Also worked 12 hour shifts at a hospital. And so she's been found guilty of being overpaid £22,300 in benefits. A barrister said she had a hip replacement last year but had not disclosed the full picture to benefits officials. That's called lying. She knew that she'd had a hip replacement. She didn't do the change of circumstances. So, and all she got was a 12-month community order and will face a General Medical Council disciplinary tribunal. Uh, the uh, recorder says these are not offences of of oversight or mistake, but plain old-fashioned dishonesty. She's a crook. She's a benefit fraudster. It doesn't matter whether she's a doctor or a vicar or a nurse. It makes no difference. Once a benefit fraudster, always a benefit fraudster. She knew exactly what she was doing. She thought she could get away with it. But obviously somebody somewhere along the line phoned up and went, "Uh, there is a benefit fraud hotline. And you can uh, can give people up on that one. Uh, Ian Highland... Talks about getaway car. This is Dermot O'Dreary's programme. It's the most boring thing on the television. I don't know why. Listen, they would have thought that once he came off the X Factor, there was a reason for it, mind you, out of the frying pan into the fire. And so they've stuck him on this this getaway car. It's just not interesting or amusing or anything. It's just absolutely dreadful. So I don't know why they're, why they're really bothering about it. Uh, back at Celebrity Big Brother, Christopher Maloney had this to say about Gemma Collins. Sometimes when I speak, she looks to the ceiling and switches off. I don't know whether it's because I'm boring or what. Me neither, Craig, writes Ian Highland, but I'm tempted to rule out or what. Uh, P.S. Ree Stephanie Davis likening Gemma to the Lion King. Possibly, but she looks more Hakuna Fritata than Hakuna Matata to me. <laughs> oh. And uh, read the food deprived Megan McKenna closing her diary room rant by screaming, three crackers and a fig... Wasn't that the one that Hugh Grant was in? PPS Darren Day being asked to name this year's least famous housemate was surely the hardest task in the history of Big Brother, especially without Google. And stop press, David Guest has left the house citing medical reasons. No, I didn't know that bored wickless was a medical condition, but I do think it could be catching. They all just walk, don't they now? They've suddenly realised they wouldn't have done it years ago. They'd have carried on. Now they've learnt the trick. They've all done it. I'm going to leave. Well, leave then. Leave. You're not getting any of your money. It should be written into the contracts. Why would you not write that into a contract? Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Uh, Kevin the Miltman says, Steve, some of us on the streets of Shoreditch are handsome. Yes, I mean, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. I mean, you are the exception to the rule. And Eddie says, I was in Costco and they've got great men's socks. I'm buying them from there. I'm buying from there. Uh, sadly, says Christine, Friends Reunited's been inundated with horrible fake names in the groups and the abuse has driven many of us off. It's the abuse, isn't it, that you get from people? And you think to yourself, why should you bother with them? Why should you bother? It's just, you know, it's, you just delete i just delete it so much easier and so much quicker. Because nowadays people just sit there, generally speaking, if they've got some sort of illness. You know, they don't... I don't know, you know, what sort of illnesses they would have. But uh, even on Friends Reunited, people would write things. Why do EastEnders bosses, Steve, keep killing off the old characters? Well, Barbara Windsor made her decision. She said, listen, you know, she's, uh, she announced she had cancer, didn't she? And so Dame Barbara wants to call it a day. Uh, Derek Martin killed off last week, or Pam St. Clements. Uh, I'm not opposed to Sam Mitchell, version one or two, making an appearance. I don't think it'll be version one at all, Paul. Definitely not. Definitely not. They're not going to be having that. And uh, diagnosed three days ago. I'm so ill, I can't tell you. It's uh, another thing that's uh, caused it. And the diabetes drug even just starting on and making me sick. Really? What sort of diabetes drug would you be on that makes you sick? I don't think there are any side effects on metformin or anything like that. Certainly not on insulin. Uh, re driving hate the worst tailgaters, supermarket delivery guys. I don't know why they do it. Well, I don't know, actually. I'm not sure about that one. I can't answer that question. Uh, I don't know. But I'm I'm interested to, to discover from you why Friends Reunited has actually uh, closed down. I mean, did it just go out of fashion? Are there other, other things now? I mean, do people actually um, do people actually sort of join Friends Reunited to meet up with school friends that maybe had a crush on? Would Would that be it? Carl, my old mechanic, is just recently uh, back from Istanbul. God, you seem to be there forever and a day, don't you? He sent me a thing that my boss said: dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Now I'm sitting in a disciplinary meeting dressed as Batman. <laughs> <I> st- <laughs> my favourite was the <laughs> was the line years ago. My uh, my father was from Afghanistan, my mother was from Ireland, so we spent most of our summer holidays in customs. <sighs> It's just one of those stupid lines. The sort of thing you would expect, you know, a comedian to come up with. Because sometimes I watch these comedians on the television You think, that is so clever. Some of it's, you know, it's a bit rubbish. I watch a lot of the so-called alternative comedians. Ernie Wise was the one who coined the phrase, they're called alternative because they're not funny. And they now stick them on television shows, on the television. And believe you me, they're not at all funny. And they put them up, they have to put their name and then they have to put what they do. Because you're never going to know. Uh say put down so, so 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 comedian and you go, I don't think so. They're just not very funny. Over fifties are turning to booze to deal with stress and loneliness. That's a shame really, isn't it? That's a shame. Three percent are now classified as high risk. And so people, you know, cope with stress, retirement, bereavement, and loneliness. They've brought out a new survey. So if you're one of those people, stop the drinking, go out for a walk eat fruit, make a smoothie do something, I've got a lovely house for you in a minute, it's it's a beautiful little house, it's in Bridge North and it's come up for sale it's a little modest mid-terrace house but it's got a hidden secret and I'll tell you what it is in a moment 6.15 Eve Allen on LBC 6.20 6.20 is the time. I was, I was getting carried away, actually, spiritually and uh, and every other way. I've got this little house. This little house is in Shropshire. And uh, it was transformed by an artist called Anthony Dracup. I hope that's how you pronounce it. Makes him sound like somebody out of Harry Potter. But anyway, it's, uh, it's a, little, a little terrace place, a mid-terrace home. It's very, very, very ordinary. But inside, it'll knock your socks off. Um, he died in 2002... And he spent years levelling the floors and chiselling away at the sandstone cave to create a huge space for entertaining. It's got vaulted ceilings, archways and 24 pillars. It looks like you've wandered into a church. He just kept digging. He just kept digging and it's absolutely sensational. On top of the cave, two bedrooms, a galley kitchen and an attic room. There's a near vertical garden and uh, the estate agent says, I've not seen one like this before. It's remarkable. I mean, it, it really is truly remarkable. From the outside little terraced house, and then you go into this, it's just sensational. And it's only £200,000, which, as the producer is attempting to buy a place today, in fact, it's going to be a day of surprises for all of us, I should imagine. He's, 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 he's put an offer in on a place for him and, the, uh, him and the wife, and so he's hoping that that's going to be accepted today. It's the most stressful thing you'll ever do moving... Seriously, in between that and bereavement, bereavement and buying a property and then making sure it all goes through at the right time. It was it's just horrendous. So I used to have a, a thing where I would only buy a brand new property. The idea of being in a chain fills me with horror. and I haven't explained the, the downside to him, but he's he's hopefully going to find out today whether or not they actually get the property. So he saved his, his pennies up. And, uh, and if the no forward chain which is great. So that, that's, that's a win-win situation. And then hopefully they have to accept his offer because presumably, I know, it's awful. It's so terrible, isn't it? You phone up and you go, I see them doing it on the telly when they, when they go abroad. And they go, oh, we'd like to put an offer of 100. And you see some of these super, some of them are super places. Some of them look terrible. I wouldn't I wouldn't give you house room for any of them. But I'm fascinated by looking in. But my favourite programme would have to be Grand Designs. I just wish that they, I might check and see if they've got a DVD out. Uh, and then I can whiz through to the end to see what the Grand Design looks like when it's finished. Because some of them are unbelievable. You know, if you've got enough time left, you know, then it's it's good. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, one here, it's a lot of people talking about Friends Reunited. A lot of people talking about that. Um, and then D says, my friend went on Friends Reunited, met an old boyfriend, married him, and then realised why she rejected him before. I know, sometimes the uh, the spectacles are very much rose-tinted. Sometimes they're very much, you know, clouding over a little bit. Uh, Thank you, Steve. Back in the good book says Kevin the Miltman. And worst drivers? Well, 51-year-old Miltman delivering around Shoreditch and the city can be pretty impatient. I know, do you know, i, I tell you where I get really annoyed. I don't, well, I don't get really annoyed, but I always, it always happens to me. Just opposite Pret-a-Manger, down coming up from Trafalgar Square here in London, into Leicester Square, and there's a set of traffic lights. Within 20 feet, there's another set of traffic lights. So the first ones, three o'clock in the morning, you're sitting there. There's nobody. There's nobody anywhere. And the traffic lights are red. And you think, is there somebody sitting in a window going, we'll make them go red now? And so you end up sort of having a very frustrating time. I mean, sometimes you think, perhaps I should just jump them. It, it would make it easier, but then you can 't do that it 's terrible isn 't it really? It is absolutely terrible. I would even think that at that time, but i 'm trying to think why am I sitting here i don 't i don 't need to actually sit here at this there 's nobody crossing the road if there was somebody crossing the road. I could understand it uh, there 's a backpacker missing on a bridge jump. This is in uh, Australia uh, This man who 's not been named jumped off the William Jolly bridge in Brisbane on sunday he 'd been drinking at a nearby hostel now. We've had these disasters before. It's amazing what drink can make people do. He was said to have been three other friends. They'd all planned to leap together. He was the only one to jump at 10pm at night. So it's going to be pretty dark. And he hit the water and surfaced. And then he disappeared under the water again. So, uh, you know, as the police have said and everybody else has said, and I'll reiterate as as well, jumping into a river at night when it's dark is pretty dangerous. It's also pretty stupid. And the chances are that uh, they're not going to find him you will probably be found way down, way down river. You just don't do it. You don't know what's under the water. You have no idea, you know. And if you're not prepared for it, it might have been cold. I don't know. I've got no idea what the situation was. Either way, they all went, yeah, let's all jump together. Oh, no, just one person. And then he disappears. Then they actually, they, uh, they sort of make all the contact with the police. So the police have to go around and pick up the, uh, the pieces. Somebody talking about uh, Cheryl. We've well, mentioned Cheryl. He's going to hang on to the Vassini-what's-its-face name. Because she's obviously got the uh, the note paper. And uh, somebody has said, and it's it's one of the columnists who knows exactly what this is like, because I remember talking to this particular columnist whose husband divorced her, but took her for the money. Took her for the money. And she says, I I know through bitter experience, she says, Cheryl will now have to buy him a pad, but a free home won't suffice. She'll also have to cough up the cash to maintain it. Having in a much more modest way survived a similar mauling myself, I predict she'll count herself lucky if he waltzes off with a mere three million. Yes, I suspect he's going to be going for everything, because he turned up in the relationship... With uh, with some suits, he's ridden the gravy train for a year and a half. Now gather up your personal belongings, leave the wife's home, and go somewhere else. I mean, you know, you can't help what people fall for nowadays. But their one, I think, was was doomed, doomed from the start. That's what we actually predicted. We said ages and ages ago, it's not going to go, uh, not going to go well. Uh, the 80 foot fall from a suicide roof restaurant. Police have been called to the. I think it's pronounced uh, Coq d'Argent. In the City of London. This is a 29-year-old. A bunch of flowers was later laid at the scene. The City of London police have said the latest tragedy happened Sunday afternoon. It's an exclusive restaurant, sited at the top of an eight-storey building close to the Bank of England, formerly owned by Terence Conran, who put it up for sale in 2012. It appeared in the James Bond-themed sequence for the Olympic opening ceremony that included the parachute stunt featuring the Queen. In the past eight years, five people have let to their deaths from it. In February... A food blogger jumped after posting details of his final meal. Uh, then there was another one in January. He heard the restaurant was going to put up a six-foot barrier to prevent further suicide attempts. And the Samaritans were reported to have trained staff at the restaurant, a favourite with financial workers. So we've had an investment manager, a father of three, who jumped off there. And, uh, and then there was also uh, another woman. A former British library manager who plunged to her her death after suffering depression when she lost her job. You can imagine, can't you, how desperately sad people are when something like that happens. And uh, so she leapt off to her death. So they've had five now in eight years. Not a great track record. Um, What have we got here? Uh, Drunkorexic women who skip meals to drink more. Uh, They're talking about uh, veils. Cameron says, I'll back schools and courts that want to ban the veil. And then other people have said, you know, we want the right to wear a veil. There was one person who um, had a school ban on wearing the gown. It was upheld. People should be allowed to wear what they like, but they must follow our rules. And uh, they banned it in France. I think it's banned in Australia. You don't need it. You don't need it. Even Jasmine Alibi-Brown has done a piece in one of the papers. And she's talked about, you know, going to... She went somewhere. I forget where it was now. But she said it was only men. And she said... And she went round to houses to go, are there any you know, Muslim women in here. Why are they not coming? Oh, no, we couldn't go out. They're almost being pushed back by the men. But Giles Brandreth comes up with my favourite today. As more and more people eat on the street, the trains, and even at the theatre, it's giving him indigestion. There is nothing, he says, more vulgar than guzzling food in public. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. You see it all the time. I have been guilty myself. I have to hold my hands up and tell you that I have eaten on the train. I have eaten a sandwich before now. Um, And you tried it. But, I mean, some people get out Tupperware bowls... With things in. Some people get Tupperware bowls. Can you believe it? I didn't think it was possible. And some people... I've seen people eating curry on the bus. Not so good. Sarah says, Our cat was diabetic, and we had to give him a daily insulin injection. He lasted a few years with the condition. Luckily, we had pet insurance. Oh, thank goodness for that. And, uh... DJ Silver Dollar says, Awesome show, bless up. I love the word bless. You don't hear that so often. Elvis Presley used that word a lot. Bless. It was quite nice. And, um... As I say, my friend Carl is now back from Istanbul, not Constantinople. And I'll be back with you tomorrow morning. Let's see what the day brings today, shall we, for, for all of us. I'm sure if you're looking forward to news, and we're all looking forward to news of some sort, let's see what happens today, shall we? It'll be double prayers and tablets for most of you, including the producer who's just trying to buy a property. <gasps> the stress, the stress factor. Listen, have a, have a fantastic Day, you can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet, and never miss a moment. I have a free podcast up for you in about fifteen minutes, and then the remainder of the show with the travel taken out and the news taken out as well, and everything else. And you just get the program. So why not join the happy band of podcasters uh, leading Britain's conversation at seven? Nick Ferrari at breakfast coming up next. Though Lisa Aziz with the morning news.
0: This is LBC.